Hi, this is Bear with Sweetwater Farm and Ranch Company, and this is the Whole Truth Podcast, Episode 1. I'm Mule with Sweetwater Farm and Ranch Company, and I'm your co-host, and our guest today is... Hi, I'm Goat. I guess I'm the first guest on this podcast. I think it's pretty fitting that we have all... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sweetwater Farm and Ranch podcast. No, that has to be the recurring theme for every one of these. You just have to have people with everyone. Is, whatever the guest is, they choose their spirit animal, and that's that's the name <laughs> yeah, that they go by. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess you're a you're a goat, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess I should have gone by Rye. <laughs> I guess it's like, it can't be like if you think about it. If you pick like a cool spirit animal. It's kind of like tacky. It's like, I'm, I'm Luna the Moon Wolf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's pretty egocentric. Right, exactly. It's like, I'm such a cool guy. It's like, nah, like, I'm a, kind of like a goat. Well, I mean, we, ra- we raise goat goats here, here, and I watch the male goat literally get a boner and drink his piss. So, yeah, if, no, if that's what you're saying, you, you are. Can you say that on the internet? internet? <laughs> you can say whatever the, you want on the internet. The internet's an amazing place where you literally can say whatever you I want. I mean, for now. I mean, for the ne- at least the next... 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> In 30 minutes, they'll probably have something that's changed. Okay, okay, okay. So, Goat, what do you do for a living? Um, so, for a living, I guess for, for career-wise. Well, why, why don't you walk us back to, just give us a quick interge- interjection of your whole job history, but keep it brief. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, just as a, as a, as a generalization, um, if you think of like slightly better than white trash, that's been most of my life. Uh, I've been a pizza delivery boy. I worked at retail. Uh, I joined the army because it was that or become a drug addict in the small shitty town I grew up in. So in, in a sense, it's been like I'm slightly better than white trash, but not a whole like I'm, so what I'm you're like, telling me is you are actually white trash yeah for the most part, he's white like, trash in the most high-end glad bag that you can put exactly. <laughs> think of like the aristocrats of white trash he does not use wax paper he can afford aluminum foil right exactly like i can pick i don't i don't buy <laughs> aluminum foil because i'm cheap um yeah so i joined the, i joined the army uh i picked intelligence which a fun fact about that, none of the, the recruiters when I went there, like, they had not gotten a single recruit that had ever gone through it. You had to take, like, a stupid language test and stuff. I passed the language test at the bare minimum mark I needed to. With what language? Uh, here's the best part is language – level one languages are, like, Spanish and French and shit. And they don't ever train anybody in that because it's a waste of time and money because they can just pick up a Mexican dude and have him speak Spanish and have him go work in South America. And, and speaking Spanish, they can actually communicate with someone, someone that speaks French, too, or Italian because right. they're it's so Latin-based. They never train you in those languages. I met one person that got trained in French. I don't know, I don't know how she got it, but she got French. And it's well, you, totally you, you just said useful. the keyword she. That's fair. That's fair. She gets really mad about that. I'll get into that. I can get into that later. Anyway, so yeah, so I bear, I passed the bare minimum mark. I had to get like an, I got like a 95, which is the bare minimum you could get on this test to qualify. Um, and then because I got such a low score, I couldn't get any languages like Arabic or anything. So they didn't give me a language and they just sent me to go do shit. And I had actually, that was probably the best thing that happened to me because all I did was, was do shit for the army as a human intelligence soldier 
my entire career. I did way more than most human intelligence soldiers get to do in their first enlistment. And I only did one enlistment because, you know, I was only in it for the college money. And look less America. So after getting out of uh, the army, what have you what have you done since then, and, and what's your uh, path you're trying to take? Um, so since getting out of the army, let's see. Yeah, I worked at some retail. Um, I just started going to college because, again, I did it for the college money. I just wanted to get a, a degree. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, which is one of the reasons I joined because I figured, you know, why go into a bunch of stupid ass debt for a degree I didn't want when I could at least get a degree I didn't want for free, essentially, you know, at the price of my body and, and mental health. Um, and so I, right now I'm doing like computer engineering. I'm really trying to, I'm trying to go down the, you know, modern technology route. Um, Do you have, are you specializing in anything for that engineering or just in general computer engineering? For now, it's just general computer engineering, maybe computer science I'm going to specialize into. I mean, I, I've dabbled in a bunch of, in a bunch of languages for people who know that stuff, you know, like, uh, SQL, SQL code for databases, C Sharp, yeah, Java, you, JavaScript, you know, just just computer shit, coding. You're speaking Egyptian right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For anyone who understands. Well, I, have, I have so many questions, but you're just talking forever. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to talk now because I'm needy, um, but I'll let, I need Bear to talk, kind of go over the same synopsis so people can get a feel for him since this is our first podcast. All right, where are we going? should kind of do the same thing. What do you need? Well, what, what was your first job, uh, crackhead or my uh, first job? prick. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never stopped being a chauvinist prick. So, That's <laughs> my first job, like my my first on the books job, I, I was like most teenagers. You know, I, I got a job washing dishes at a diner, but uh, my. My little brother's dad, who's not with my mom anymore, uh, he did uh, seal coating and, and asphalt. And at eight years old, I'd go to work with him all summer. So I've been doing restaurant work and manual labor work my whole life. Now I work for an internet company building uh, satellite communication towers and doing other odds and ends for the company, mechanic work and things like that. But uh, I've been in the Iron Workers Union. Yeah, you guys, I heard you guys are really good at fixing brakes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the master cylinder blew on that from all that crap in there. No, I, I'm sure it did. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him we need to get a new master cylinder to replace it. But anyways, um, I, I've just done all kinds of... I've worked in manufacturing. I've worked in restaurants, manual labor. I, I really enjoy doing manual labor things and actually creating things with my hand. And then uh, after meeting you, when I moved back here to uh, where we're at, and you want to start a ranch, I've, I've helped out with doing those sorts of things on... A regular basis so i just kind of float around and and do whatever makes me feel good or pays me money to exist you're quite the pig whisperer and i'm quite the pig whisperer those pigs do love literally me. love you <laughs> <laughs> they, they fight over you in a way i've never seen pigs fight over human beings i'm telling you man you just um, you you just have to you know be nice to them how about how about you there little buddy um, well, I grew up breaking horses as punishment for doing really badly in school, which was great. Um, so I spent most of my school education years as a child breaking horse stalls and learning how to boss a 1500 pound animal around. Um, and then 
I worked for my dad doing construction and remodeling um, and home renovations because I couldn't get a job. I graduated high school during the recession um, and there was no work. Why would you hire an 18 year old without any without experience, any experience, without a family when there's a 40 year old guy standing in your grocery store with three kids that was willing to bag groceries. So his kids don't go hungry. Yeah. So I couldn't be mad. At and you know, he's not going to go anywhere cause he's got three kids. Yeah, I know he needs the job. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I couldn't get anybody to hire me and I tried for a whole year and I thought about college, but I just didn't want to incur all that debt. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do yet. So I walked into the Marine Corps recruiting office and they sat down and talked with me and I thought that was cool, but they told me I was literally too thick. So <laughs> <laughs> you're just so thick your ass cheeks clipped together. Literally three C's, bro. Have, three C's. Yeah, no, I'm a thick I'm a big girl. So they <laughs> <laughs> So they told me to go talk to the army. And then the army said, What do you want to do? And I said, I I want to blow stuff up. And they said Sit down, son. You are in the right place. And then they had me pick out jobs I didn't want. And the only job I like, there are like five jobs I didn't want. And one of those jobs was the one that I ended up with. Um, and I was a field artilleryman, which is a very interesting career that rarely has anything to do with field artillery. A, and that's a whole that I could talk about that forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that. And yeah. then uh, I got out of the army and I went to, uh, I got a job cleaning up after wildfires in California. Then I got a job with the Forest Service. Then I went to do private security for myself, trying to get in on that sweet, sweet uh, marijuana, commercial marijuana grow money. Um, but it's California, so that's a whole nother story. And then, uh, you know, I always had this ranch that I grew up on, so I decided to go to college and at the same time work on starting this this ranch up and trying to do something good with the land. I mean, you, you're talking to a goat over here about taking too long, talking too much and all that, and you need to talk, but I, I think you just took way, way longer. Did I really? And, take and I'm pretty sure you literally no only talked about plans. having one job. So I wasn't keeping track of the time, but like we're at least even. Oh God! Don't talk to me. I'm done. I'm leaving. So so anyways. <laughs> yes. So anyways, Mule was in the army because he's a freaking loser. Goat over here was in the army because he wanted to go to school, and I'm just. I'm still white trash. Goat grew out of it. I, I'm still white trash and just working manual labor jobs. So to be fair, it sounds like uh, as our general podcast group here, it's like most of us are just white trash. Like all of us at least grew up in white trash. And I'm I mean, just... I was I was raised in trailers and trailer parks. Yeah, so I think I got all you guys. We talk. have planned. Nobody here by comparison is white trash. <laughs> 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 most of us are elitist snobs by the standard of some of our guests. We only grab <laughs> shittier people. <laughs> I buy name brand food. Okay. <laughs> I buy Captain Crunch, not Mr. Crunch. <laughs> yeah, not Admiral Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you guys can say what you want, but Admiral Nelson is a better is a better rum. Is a better rum than Captain Morgan could ever hope to be. For God's sakes, the man is an admiral. <laughs> For God's sakes, he's an also, admiral. I mean, yeah. 
I, I didn't drink any of that swill because like I'm Captain not white Morgan trash. Has one boat. Admiral Nelson has at least two boats. Least he has two. a fleet. Okay, you he's have, a commander of a fleet. Have, yeah, but you have to have at least two boats to be an admiral. Right. Exactly. You have to be in command of more than one ship to be considered. An yeah, um, an admiral is a commander of a fleet, right? Right. Exactly. Where a captain is a commander of a ship. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So, as lifelong Californians, how do you guys feel about the state of California right now? Is that like? Uh, I mean, it's positive. I can give you. You know, I I literally don't want to hear anything but the truth about how you feel about the state of California. Oh, in this moment, yeah. I mean, I I guess of twenty twenty. I guess now that we've talked about ourselves, we could actually go into the swearing in for the rest of this podcast. Oh yeah, we should do that. You know, uh, Mila, why don't you lead us in the swearing in for the remainder of the podcast? All right, everybody, shake loose. Make sure to wipe yourselves. Check in at the train station. <laughs> Hold up your right hand so everyone can see it. In this audio podcast. In yeah. this audio-only podcast. <laughs> I, I assure you I know my right from my left. Oh, That's fuck. debatable. You got, you're holding a goddamn water bottle cap. Will you set it? Have some respect. <sighs> Yay. Sweet Jesus. Anyway. Okay, so... I swear, I swear, I swear to tell the truth, to tell, tell the, the truth, truth, the whole truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. So help, help me God. God. <laughs> Jerks. Okay. I mean, I was I wasn't sure uh, if if we wanted to go that route or not, but you well, know. you know, I had to I had to do that once. I'm about to do it again because I have to testify against those meth heads that beat up <laughs> oh, those yeah. girls, which is super cool. Oh yeah. Nothing like beating up your kids' mom for in an alley to make you look like the kind of guy that should have custody. Yeah, you know, having you and your buddy, two grown men, jumping a, a five-foot-tall, 80-pound woman in a dark alley in the middle of the night, that's that's really, really productive it's for society. Man, that's macho man Randy Savage. <laughs> but it does, it does, as horrible as that is, it makes me feel better about myself that, like... I might I mean, be white trash, but I'm not so <laughs> white trash that I beat up on my baby mama. You can go online and you can look at, like, uh, News of Record and, like, uh, we have crime graphics. The Sheriff's Department actually posts, like, their own, like, News of Record thing. And you can go look at, at some of the people that commit crimes and, and things like that. And it, it really does. It'll make you feel incredible about yourself <laughs> because, uh, damn it, if I'm not better than them. You've been on crime graphics. I have been on crime graphics. <laughs> And I'm sure somebody uh, was scrolling through it and saw me, and they're like, Whew, I'm glad I'm not that thank guy. Thank God I'm not that guy. <laughs> uh, We've all been, thank God I'm not that guy. So, um, anyway, back to, the, back, to, back to the state of California. How is the state of the state of California in your guys' opinions? Let's start with our beautiful guest, Goat. Yeah, hey. And his wonderful uh, red shirt that no one can see. Yeah, it, it is really fantastic. It is Thanks. Lovely. This is actually a hand-me-down from my buddy who got too thin for this shirt, and he gave it to me because I'm bigger. How than do you me. get too small for clothes? He does a lot of, a lot of like rock climbing. So no, really I, what, what we're saying is, why do you care if your clothes are a little loose, or why would you give them away? Oh, I don't know. What kind of man-bun-having, <laughs> hippie-sausage-walking-looking fool was this? Is, is that thing custom-tailored to his uh, you know what? larger I, fit? I don't know is where he, he frustrated that he got less thick? 
No, honestly, he's only got two C's now. Honestly, no, one C. he is at one C at this point. He does a lot of rock climbing. Um, he's in the he's in the so he's union built- for for grocery workers, which is actually a pretty good union. It's a great union about. from it's, everything it's I've great. heard about it. Um, it's really hard to get fired. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he can do a lot, and still, they I've seen a lot of grocery workers do a lot of dirt. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> and have their middle finger up while they do no, it. But as far as the state of California, I mean. I've lived in a lot of places, like, I've lived in Colorado, I've lived in North Carolina, New York State, uh, Korea, uh, I did some stunts in Afghanistan, I've been in Arizona for a while, I've been in a lot of different states and a lot of different places, and I can for sure say California, as far as, like, individual liberties, is probably on par with Afghanistan, (laughs) <laughs> um, which I know. I, hold on, okay. hold on. I hate to interrupt you, but I gotta stop you right there. Afghanistan is one of the freest countries on earth. No driver's license, no car registration. You can do anything you want as long as you are a man who smokes heroin. You're right. I should I'll, say. I should say the living standard is about on par. Well, yeah, I mean, California is not far off, other than the registration and such. If you're a man that smokes heroin, you're good as fucking god here. That's so well, that's because true. they can't make money off of imprisoning you here. <laughs> that's true. That's absolutely true. You get way more benefits as a homeless man in California. I would norm. I wouldn't have said that honestly. What, like two years ago, I wouldn't have even said that about California. And I'm trying to be. I'm not trying to be as biased because of how much I hate the state that I grew up in, which is awful. <laughs> but like. The fact that I have to deal with rolling power outages in a modern society is absolutely ridiculous. Not just a modern society, but the world's most premier superpower. Right. Like, it's the world's most premier superpower, and it has a state that it's not even like there's a natural disaster. The wind just blew really hard, and they yeah. shut the power down. Or there was just too much power draw because it was a heat wave, and they're like, oh, it's going to the afternoon time. All our solar panels don't generate electricity in the afternoon. We have to shut the power off and rolling blackouts or the whole grid goes down because if the power gets too low, the whole grid shuts down for the state and we lose all our power. And it's it's frustrating to actually live through that. Like as somebody who doesn't live in the state, I'm like, oh, this doesn't seem like a big deal. Try fucking just being at home at 6 p.m. at night when it gets dark and all the fucking lights turn off and all the internet goes out and you just sit there and you stare at the ceiling and you're like, it's 99 degrees in my apartment. I'm paying $16.95 a month, $1,695 a month on rent to live wait, in a wait, place. Wait, 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 wait. Where do you live? I live in San Diego. Okay, so... And it's not even the most expensive city in California. It's actually pretty decent as far as rent goes for major cities in California. But I pay probably $1,000 just to live in the city. My apartment is worth maybe $700 a month. I pay $1,000 to live in the luxury of San Diego. Yeah, man, you're, you're paying for the weather. You're paying for the weather. That's, right, yeah. An I, old guy I, told me once about California in general that you pay for the weather. You it, pay for it's, the weather. It's not that your house or your roads or anything is particularly <laughs> yeah. great about anything here. It's that you're paying for the you weather. You pay for the thing that the state has zero control over, which makes it even better. <laughs> um, but yeah, so sitting there in like 99 degrees with my power going out and just thinking Is that hot for San Diego? 99 degrees? Fuck yeah. Dude, it, it, it gets to like 110, 115 here. Right, but in San Diego, I'm on the sea. The sea is 10 minutes away. The coast is right there. It doesn't get above 75. So a heat wave comes in at 90, at 99. And people are crying. Oh my God, it's miserable. <laughs> 
Well, there's there's like no shade too because it's a city, so it's right, it's, it's just city, yeah, no shade. and it's, a giant it's heat sink. yeah, it's exactly. it's all concrete and asphalt, so that exactly. 99 feels way hotter. It's awful, and I couldn't turn on my AC even when I had power during the heat wave. I couldn't turn on the AC because one, it costs an arm and a leg to pay for it. I'm paying seventy dollars for power just for electricity and propane. God, you are cheap, and I don't turn on anything. I like we don't turn on anything and I pay like $160 a month in PG&E. We, ha- we don't have anything. We don't yeah, we don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it costs me $160 a month to run my refrigerator. You're, you're we don't ta- even have a swap cooler. You're talking like the kind of guy that doesn't want to run his central heating and yeah, air. Yeah, it's it's not that he I has a choice. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not that I don't want to turn on the cooler because I don't want to pay the bill. It's that I literally do not have a cooler. That's true. I do at least have. <laughs> You've been fact checked, sir. And the fact is, you don't have a. The choice. fact is, I'm a broke ass. So. <laughs> the fact is, I'm just cheap, and I pay. But I pay seventy dollars a month. Yeah. Do you guys? That. Is there like I pay seventy dollars is... for that, and then seventy dollars for water and trash, and then. Oh uh, well, we're on we're on a well, but I don't think even TUD sucks, yeah. and I don't think they even charge that much for water. I think usage um, for the average person is like thirty five dollars a month or something like that. But it's. Do you guys have like? Because you're only paying seventy dollars a month for for power, and you have like AC, and I'm sure you run TVs and computers and all that sort of stuff. Do you guys, it, it, because you're in a city, is is are you PG and E for one? And is there like some sort of like incentive thing? Like how 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 is hold your on, power bill on, so low? On. For people who aren't local, what is PG and E? PG and E is Pacific Gas and Electric. It's the major utilities uh, company that runs basically the entire West Coast. So. So Southern California has two power companies. They have Southern California Gas and Electric, and they have San Diego Gas and Electric. Okay, so your county. I have a San Diego Gas and Electric, which runs like this big chunk of Southern California. Um, it runs, I think, a little bit more than just the county. Yeah, I but mean, it essentially, I, I, is for the county. I, when I when I lived in the valley, uh, we were on county power, and and it was much cheaper than PG and E. PG and E is ridiculous. And the other thing I have is I get technically I'd be paying ninety dollars a month for power, but I'm on a special rebate because I'm poor. So I actually <laughs> well, PG and E does have that too. It's it's called yeah. their, it's like their care program or something like right, that, and it like yeah. cuts your bill in half. It cuts, it cuts my bill not in half, but it cuts it down like twenty to thirty dollars. I get this rebate on power. Um, well, that's well, that's that that's sh- good for someone like you that doesn't even want to buy aluminum foil. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> technically, also, I'm gonna say this I, because I have a pseudonym. I technically don't qualify for that because I make more money, but they don't check that, so I just say I don't make as much money, and then they just give. It Are to you me. telling me you could defraud the government? Oh man, how many? It's almost like they don't give a fuck, <laughs> and they just want to pay money out to you so that they can then justify why they need larger budgets. Yeah, I mean, I could tell you all sorts of things that I've done either in the army or as an independent citizen <laughs> to just defraud the government. And none. And by the way, I know people will be like, "Oh, how could you do that? You're like, a, you know, you're stealing welfare and stuff." And it's like nothing I do will ever make up for the amount of money I pay in taxes. I want to just point this out real fast. <laughs> I make maybe he's about see, to get really. See, he's, hold on, see, he's about you're, to get you're, really cheap right here. You're about but to you're find out you're getting really cheap. This man is. <laughs> you're getting really upset. But see, the thing is, you live in a place where like. Me and, and Mule over here, our taxes go to your city. So I, know, I, 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 know. I could be really upset. 
And I, I am really upset, but you're over here like, oh, like, I, I don't see any of my tax money shit. No, you live in a place where that's where the it tax goes, money goes, goes to. to Your city. tax money goes to paying for the job that you have where you just teleconference all day with people who barely speak English and are somehow in charge of the American power grid. That's true. I will mention this, by the way, my newest job, um, I do do contracting work for power companies. Um, and now I understand why they're so expensive because of how just inefficient they are run. Well, yeah, they're, all, all of their equipment is outdated, and, and instead of fixing it, upgrading it, and making it more energy efficient and the overall system efficient, they just put money in their own pockets. So, yeah, it's essentially. I, hold on, I'm going to fact check you. Fact fact check you right there, Bear. Uh, that's actually Donald Trump's fault. Uh, I'm I'm sure that it is because you know he has yeah, been around since the invention of electricity. If Clinton had become president. We wouldn't have to worry about that because we would have died in a nuclear holocaust already. <laughs> That's true. We would have been – God, I would have loved – the number one thing I would have loved is being reinstated into the army because I'm still in like the – Hold on. Or... Before we keep going though, I, I do want to uh, interject the point that neither – Mule nor myself are Trump supporters, <laughs> but we do, we do like we I don't do like to joke. Any political party whatsoever, I just love things that are. We funny. we do like to joke because it, we we think that it's absolutely ridiculous that everything gets blamed on a single person when they absolutely do not have that much power or yeah. or effect over those sorts of things. I do love I do love being able because that's a real government thing. Like when I was in the army, like the number one thing you could always do is point to your supervisor <laughs> and blame him for your. <laughs> and then your supervisor points back to you for it being your fault, and, right. and nothing gets, gets fixed. Gets yeah, done. nothing, nothing gets <laughs> fixed. No one gets in trouble. Like it's okay. It, it, we don't know whose fault it is. Well, I'm telling you that it's this guy's fault. Well, he said it's your fault, so right, exactly. we'll just move on now. Like, yeah, maybe technically. <laughs> My supervisor told me to commit war crimes, <laughs> but, but, but what I'll say they are soft war crimes. Technically, they're just violations of of codes. So they're not like real war crimes. Anyway, Th but, that statement right there was so fucked up. Do you understand that even as a general rule of thumb? Yes, please. Where's your cup? Just for because this is audio. Bear is going to go refill some drinks right now. <laughs> um, oh, tell them about how we're doing this in the garage so they stop wondering. Yeah, in case you were thinking we weren't as white trash because we were doing a podcast, we are doing this in a garage with <laughs> at least four different broken down trucks outside. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unnecessary. That will hopefully get cut out. I don't know how to do that yet. <laughs> oh, good. You'll just have a it, you'll just have a minute of absolute unregisterable audio as you rev your stupid motorcycle. Um, no, so I understand that maybe what I just that was a joke, by the way. In case anyone was wondering, a soft war crime is a joke to you. So, Who are you, Hillary Clinton? So let me. <laughs> This is actually really funny. I had to go. So, you. so because the army's trying to like fix its problem with like mass veteran suicide, which is awful, by the way. I still think it's that twenty-two to twenty-three veterans kill themselves every day. But because the tragic. army is a government organization, they are literally terrible at it. Right, they're terrible at solving that problem. But so I, I had some issues with insomnia and stuff getting out, and um, I had to go. I had to mandatorily go to a therapist to. Um, like get checked out to see if I had PTSD or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, you don't have enough PTSD to qualify for enough PTSD." PTSD how, like, 
She just said that she like I told her something. They just don't want to pay you is what the well, thing was. Hold on, it's also this. So when I was getting out of the army, they would ask us because all of us were going to mental health. We are the most. I was in the most <laughs> mentally health proactive unit in the army, and it's not because we wanted to be there. It's because literally everybody in our unit was so fucking worn down from the wars that they were fucking crazy. <laughs> literally every single person in our unit was fucking nuts, and they'd all been trapped there. Like there was a there was a not like a stop loss, but there was this thing going on where you couldn't transfer if you were an NCO or an officer above like first lieutenant. So all the captains, all the fucking majors, all the E5s and E6s and E7s had been in this unit for 10, 15, 20, 30 freaking years, right? And this unit saw a lot of combat. And so these dudes were freaking crazy. And so like we were the smallest unit, I'll just say it, on Fort Hood. And our unit populated the psych ward more than anybody else. And I'm proud of that. <laughs> but, but, but back to my main point. So my first visit to this mental health people, as they're doing your shit, they ask you if you're from California. And this is why. Because if you're going back to California, they don't mark you as PTSD. They mark you as anxiety depression disorder. Because they don't want you to go back to California and lose your gun rights or get in trouble because you're not supposed to have guns and then kill yourself. No, yeah. That's, That's literally why they do it like that. But the problem is that if you have PTSD, the <laughs> VA won't treat you for it because you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, they don't treat anxiety disorder. So I went to this therapist. Um, and I'll tell this joke on this podcast, I guess. I had an incident in Afghanistan where I'm working with these Afghan National Army soldiers. The best. The best. <laughs> probably the best, most well-trained army outside of the American army that you could find. Just top-tier guys who aren't on meth and totally aren't, like... They literally are So you're, you're being facetious right now. Right. They're right. No, hold they're on. I never one time saw an Afghan army soldier try to trade a child sex slave for anything. No. That's no. never happened. I mean, you haven't told me countless stories about them so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was, I'm, I'm i'm trying to be nice but yeah you haven't told me countless stories about a, they that. are a very sophisticated and culturally delicate society yeah uh but but so this was a really funny story that i that i told you know some of my buddies after it happened but the therapist i'll just say this the therapist did not think it was funny i really <laughs> thought the joke would land with her the story would land and she just kind of it was very awkward silence after i said it. so i'll say it here um I was doing this this meeting with some with some Afghans, um, and we were kind of in a lull. Like they they weren't starting the meeting yet, so I was sitting there watching the two Afghan soldiers who were like the driver and the secretary for this commander. They didn't speak English. I didn't speak Pashtun or um, I forget the other Farsi. Like, Farsi, Farsi, yeah, yeah. I didn't speak Farsi or Pashtun. So like they asked me, they're like they're like they're like, Farsi Pashtun. I'm like no no no. Uh, the only thing I know is like inshallah, which is just in God, like God's will. Um, I just told them no habla espanol, compadre. Yeah, they, and they always seemed to understand what I was talking about. They just, no, they, they, they just, it was just a language they didn't speak. So they were like, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is it? I, I won't get into that right now. There was a whole incident where we had a bunch of translators that pretended to speak Farsi and they didn't actually speak Farsi, and so we lost like ten translators that the government was paying thousands of dollars for. Because they were cheating the test. Anyway, thousands. Well, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I was in this room with these two dudes, and we didn't speak any language, so we're just kind of like sitting there, staring at each other. 
Um, and if anyone has ever worked with a government issued M9, they are just the worst on safeties. Their safeties I, are always broken. Hold on. I really liked mine because the safety was broken because I could always <laughs> count on it to not, to not be when I really needed it. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have to worry about hitting that one extra one extra switch before yes, you uh, start firing. I didn't, you just I didn't have to worry about whether or not I needed to use it because I knew that I was going to have to try to hold the safety up while the slide came back at me while shooting. There you go. Very well. It was excellently maintained i mean if they're that bad why why not just as a soldier just remove the safety altogether you literally can't yeah no. it's not you would break the. Weapon. it's like an integral part of the weapon yeah, it doesn't remove anyway so so the safety is bogus so i was getting out of this this little hoopty truck which is just a garbage truck that they bought was it a toyota think, helix yeah i think so it was, <laughs> it was so right now. Like, i remember driving it and like you the shifter on it was just insane like the clutch and the. it was like a pool ball duct oh tape to the God. fucking yeah essentially like i had to shift like i had to put my whole arm forward like out towards the passenger seat to shift in the first and so... i had to put the clutch all the way in, like in through the floorboard like, <laughs> had to kick it down anyway, four so times I was jumping out of that before i got to this meeting and my safety got caught on something it must have flipped up right so my my weapon was on fire. Um, and so I get into this meeting and this Afghan soldier, like there's one sitting next to me, like, and there's one sitting in front of me and they're just chilling there and I'm chilling there. And just for reference, like right before my unit got to Afghanistan, our general was almost assassinated. You can look it up. You'll probably see what general was attacked in Afghanistan. Well, like what year was that? I think it was 2019. Um, but there was a, there was a insider. It was 2019? Yeah. I guess so. Huh? You're a baby. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: is like, is uh, uh, Mule is like four to five years older than me, and we fought the same exact war. And the Dude, same didn't exact you find fob. the blimp that flew off my flop, my fob? No, it wasn't the blimp. I think it was the tarp that you guys were gonna attack. We were looking at the same tarp. <laughs> anyway, that's a different story. I don't want to get in. I want to stay on topic. I mean, uh, the topic the, we're so far off the well, topic. Now, was that it we an Afghan general about. that almost got assassinated? No, it was, no. It well, was... the Afghan general died. The American general almost died. Um, but anyway, so they just they just did that. So there was a huge thing on insider threats. Everyone was super paranoid. Death of two star Army General Harold Green, a rare killing. No, it wasn't that. Wasn't that. Um, he didn't die. He survived. Retired he Army Major General dies after lawnmower accident. <laughs> nope, nope, definitely was an attempted assassination by the Taliban. Anyway, so we're there's just so many of these that I couldn't possibly I'm, ever. Well, the thing is, I, we have been there. We have been there for 20 years. There so. are a lot of generals. There are way more generals than there probably need to be. Anyway, so we're I'm sitting in this room. My weapon. I didn't notice this. Was Wait, hold on. Here's a fun fact. As of October 2019, more than 43,000 civilians are estimated to have died violent deaths as a result of the war. Many Afghans dealing with ill health and war wounds find it difficult to get to hospitals and clinics because violence makes roads unsafe. I don't think the guy that wrote that has ever been to Afghanistan. It's always been like that. It's it's, not that's, just, that's just how War, it is. They don't just, have The hospitals. United States is just another player in the war that has been going on there for 2,000 years. So yeah, it's, it's never not it's been a war no, zone. They are literally, nothing has changed. It's not like we showed up there and things changed. It was the same as it was before we <laughs> <Yeah>. showed up there. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. Um, so anyway, so I'm sitting in this room. I don't know my weapon's on fire. This Afghan soldier who's sitting next to me who can't speak to me sees that my weapon's on fire and thinks, oh, 
let me help this guy out. His weapon's on fire. It should be on safety because he's had some training with Americans. So he's like, oh, guns should be on safe. So he reaches over towards my handgun. And in this split second, I'm like, oh, fuck. This guy's going for this my gun. This guy's going for my gun. And I'm thinking <laughs> in my head, like, how am I going? Like, first of all, I don't want to create a diplomatic incident because these guys, like, this guy's really high up in his region. I don't want to kill his advisors. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, like, how can I switch this so that if they... I'm like, okay, he's reaching for my gun, but he hasn't actually pulled it yet. I don't want to overreact because I don't want to create a scene. We're about to go into a meeting. I don't want to create a bunch of bad Is that when you pulled out your super tactical fucking throwing Rambo knife and fucking threatened him with it? Yeah, exactly. No, I <laughs> sat there and I thought, like, let me wait and see if he actually – because I don't think he knows how to work my holster. So there's a safety on the holster. You have to do some stuff Was to it one of those stupid it. ones where, like, it's got the little clasp on the back that pops open? I I had that one. I don't think I was using it. I was using just the button. But he I don't think he saw like he was just reaching for the gun. He wasn't reaching for the button yet. So I was like, I was like, give me a second. Let me see if he actually like because I know he's reaching for it, so I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, if I actually feel like a tug, I'm gonna start fighting. And there's two of them, so I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, how am I gonna do this? I gotta at least get one. If I get his buddy and I put a gun to his head, maybe I can convince the other one not to attack me. That you know, I was following. I was following the rules, so I didn't have a round chamber. So I was like, they don't know I don't have a round chamber. So if they steal my gun, I don't actually have to worry about it because they won't know a round's not chambered in it, and I can actually use that to my advantage. And then I can chamber around and, and you know, I guess kill them. So, anyways, this guys were shooting. Sure. These guys were shooting <laughs> for my gun. Um, and then he just flips it to safety, and he gives me a thumbs up, and he smiles like, "Yeah, I did a good thing." And I was like. I couldn't tell him that, like, you should never reach for a dude's gun because I just contemplated fucking putting a bullet yeah. in his head. I, I just thought about killing you and your friend. And your friend. <laughs> and second, I thought, How, what's the best way I can kill you and your friend? Um, but I couldn't explain that to him. Uh, and he just thought he did a good Samaritan thing of, like, oh, I helped you maintain your gun safely. Dude, and I was like, oh, okay, sure. I really want to get back to the state of California, but that, I have to tell one story because you told Yeah, me. I just want to finish this out real quick. And God, it's still going? I just, this whole thing happened. I think I this podcast this. is over now. You know, I, I think we've spent enough time. How long have we been running? We're at 37 minutes. Okay, that's not bad. I thought um, we were beyond that. We, uh, anyway, I told this to the therapist, and this is like, you guys laugh, right? You're like, oh, this is kind of hilarious. I told this to the therapist, silence. And I told it in the same tone of like, oh yeah, this funny thing happened to me in well, Afghanistan. And she just kind of like stared at me and like was typing on the computer. I was like, oh wow. Okay. I mean, she's probably heard far worse things because she yeah, she was a military a, she, therapist. Well, she, yeah, she's like a PTSD therapist, but I that's why I was like, oh, it's probably funny. And she just didn't react to it. I was like, well, because okay. you got to think about there's probably so many guys that come through there and the story actually is they kill those two people yeah, they and they probably laugh about guys. it and think it's hilarious and she's and she's probably heard so much stuff that it, it, I don't think it's that she didn't think it was funny. I think it's that she was jaded and like... <laughs> she probably also didn't think it was funny because she was a civilian. She wasn't a military person. This was a private health clinic. You just get referred to. That I got referred to. So she's just a California therapist. Ouch. So oh. like she was just Oof. typing on this computer. Yeah. like it That's a great segue back into uh, the topic of California, yeah, California Exodus. Yeah. So that's that was that story. But I don't know. Uh Back to the California Exodus thing. I I, I think that uh, California used to be really great. I, I grew up here and and I've I've loved it here for most of my life until about the last ten years or so. And it just has become so heavily taxed, so heavily regulated. Every you can't leave your house without spending a hundred dollars, essentially. God, and I have wrong. I have three kids, and and I'm. I have contemplated, my whole family's moved to Kentucky. I've contemplated 
leaving to Kentucky and only seeing my kids during summer because it's just becoming so ridiculous to even live in California. And it's, it's partly to do with the politicians, but it, I think that even they don't even have that much power because the majority of the state still is red. So you can't blame everything on the Democrats. I think it's just the, the direction of the society. I think uh, Hollywood has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, it's, it's making the state into some place where everyone thinks you have to be rich. Everyone thinks you live on the beach. We live up here in the mountains. Um, it's, it's not this place where, where it's a freaking movie all the time. And I think that people are moving from other places to come here and trying to create that across the entire you state. You can say whatever you want about your own life, but my life is a perfect Hollywood movie every day. And <laughs> yeah, fair, it's called The Hills Have Eyes, huh? <laughs> you fucking weirdo. To be fair, all three of us are white, so we all have trust funds to fall back on. I mean, every time I go to the store and I my card declines, I pull the, the white card out, and they just kind of give me stuff. I mean, I didn't get my white card. Oh, I'll, I'll be 33 this weekend. I didn't get my white card so. when I had to go to trial. Yeah, I, I did <laughs> I not did, My white card actually was – had a, it, they, they pulled a, an Uno – is it an Uno reverse card? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they yeah. pulled an Uno reverse card. And then me. slapped down a draw four. Yeah. And I, I there's no, there was nothing I could do. You know, it wasn't my – it wasn't the person that broke into my house's fault that they broke into my house. It was my fault that they broke into my house. Yeah, you defended Again. your property. That's a whole other thing, and I don't. Never mind. Um, yeah, that's. I, I. I think you need to stop bringing up things that are an entire podcast for one topic. <laughs> that's so that's the problem, though. Being white trash, you have so many stories. I have. Well, that's just your privilege, yeah, though. You need to stop complaining because you have it really good. You right. understand that, right? I do have it pretty good. I, was, I mean, I was, I, I'm not going to say that that I don't have it really good, and I'm not going to say that that I don't exactly. have benefits, but I think that more than uh, it being because I am white, I think it's just purely because I live in America. Yeah, I will say that. I was, I was going to agree with you wholeheartedly that uh, I do have privileges for being an American. Again, people, I know America has problems. Let's not pretend that, like, we live in a utopia. And let's Fuck not no, we don't. That, like, we live in are, California. The only states worse than this one are New York and New Jersey. <laughs> exactly. So we're not we're not pretending we live in each other or anything, but I will say for a fact that like after being to other places, I think most Americans don't know what real poverty looks like. They don't know what real corruption looks like. Like we have corruption, we have poverty, but it's different. It's way it's a, different. It's like, a completely I, different scale. You can walk to your sink in your kitchen, turn it on, and have fresh, drinkable water. I, when I was in Korea, we would drive past cinder block huts of old women that were just rice farmers. They just harvested rice from cinder block huts and their roofs were tarps. South Korea is a modern country, but that's their poverty level, is people living in cinder block huts with tarps harvesting rice. You don't have that really in America. No. Those, but those are homeless people. They don't have jobs. You know, homeless people don't have jobs. They live, and that's what I'm saying. Like these people have full time employment, and they live like homeless people in America. Yeah, like and that's the level of real world poverty that America just doesn't understand. Yeah, it's and I, I think that I think that America definitely does have its flaws, and and 
the homelessness is definitely a massive issue in most places. We live in a very small town, and and there's homeless camps all over this place. Well, yeah, and, but that's because San Francisco. Literally, if you're in jail in San Francisco and you're homeless, when you get out of jail, they give you a bus ticket. And they let you choose. There's a list of places that you can yeah, choose no, from. No, you they sh they put you on a bus and they send you to small town America, and because small town America doesn't have the resources to get rid of their homeless population. So our county's population... Hey, T. T, why? Uh, that was our neighbor. Uh, he's he's a heavy equipment operator, and they have a 300-acre ranch next door to us. He raises cattle on. He's a pretty cool guy. But, you know, the they don't have the resources to get rid of these homeless camps, so our population is actually growing, but it's growing in the... The worst possible. Yeah, thing. our population is growing, <laughs> but it's not the the population of a of people that are contributing. Okay, well, it, earlier you said you didn't want to be a part of this podcast, so don't sit in the other room and, and yell when we talk. <laughs> what do you think is going on over here? For for all the audio listeners. Uh, okay, so, um, hey, come. Hey, you ghost, didn't, didn't, ghost, come in here so we can actually hear you. And if you, you want to be a part of this podcast, we, we, we got to swear in. you in. And then you can be a part of it. <laughs> the audio so stay over there and mind your own business. <laughs> the audio is definitely picking you up. For audio listeners, we had a fourth person that was thinking about doing our first opening podcast. They didn't want to do it. Uh, and so if you're hearing that and they're sitting outside smoking this again, we are doing this in a garage and we are pretty white trash. Hey. I only have like a half a dozen American flags hanging up in here. That's true. For anyone who didn't think the swearing ceremony was real, we did. We, we faced the flag and covered We did have quite a few flags in here, so all directions you were facing was facing an American flag. It's incredible. But yeah, the, this is 2020, actually, so that'll probably get us banned for hate speech. I, I <laughs> doubt that. You know, I, I don't think... I. Even in California, I don't think that they could get as far as to ban. Really? Because I bet you money Gavin Newsom is here tomorrow. That's fine. Gavin Newsom thinks that he has all the power in the world, but he actually doesn't. And even the Democrats are starting to turn against him. So the, the fact that he is writing he is executive order after executive order that is violating like real rights of people. He's, okay, look, people this is what I see when I look at Gavin Newsom. If you didn't tell me he was the governor of California and you were just showing me pictures of random criminals and you don't even say criminals and you were asking me to profile based on what they look like, I Mafia. would tell you, no, worse, <laughs> better, actually, maybe. Lone no, shark. Worse, worse, worse. Let me finish. If you were just showing me random pictures of people and Gavin, you wanted me to profile them based on what they looked like, and guess what they do for a living. I would say that Gavin Newsom is the guy at the back of the strip club that you pay extra money to so that you can take your stripper home and then murder her. <laughs> That's what Gavin Newsom looks like to me. I'm not the so sketchiest, sure. The greasiest person I have ever seen in my entire life. And I went to the worst place in the world besides California, which was <laughs> Afghanistan. Gavin Newsom is sketchier than any Afghan I ever met. And if that was too loud, I just got a little excited. I, I will just say this for the record. We do not murder prostitutes or strippers. <laughs> I have immense respect for sex workers because they are doing a very needed job in society. And a very dangerous job. Also incredibly dangerous. I I'm do also not so sex workers, though. Way safer. I'm, I'm also not so sure that Gavin Newsom doesn't actually do that. That's his side hustle. <laughs> That's how he got all of his money. You know. I would, if, I'm not saying I... I 
believe that. Okay, look, that was your job. Part of your army job was to... Don't hit this because you're probably making part, like part a booming army, noise in the microphone. Tell me how to live my life. I'm just saying Part of it, your army job... free America. Part, <laughs> this is America. <laughs> part of your army job was to profile people. So if you were given the same test, here's, a, here's 10 pictures of 10 random individuals. We need you to come up with the age, sex, um, cultural identities strategy for targeting this individual and one of those pictures was gavin newsom how would you profile gavin newsom all right well he's just based off the picture just and nothing based else. off his picture nothing else okay well he's definitely middle-aged white man um since his picture i'm imagining his picture as in a suit he just he does look very greasy i'm like we could probably pay this guy to betray everything he's ever done to give us what we want without very much effort. Like, we wouldn't have to do a lot of coercion. We would probably just have to just give him cash. Like, he probably will just do it for fun. He would be, like, one of our first targets. Like, I would just assume He'd be the first person you approach first. He's in a suit without knowing his position. I'm like, okay, well, he's wearing a suit, so he does something. He looks very greasy. Um, like, if you like were trying to start an insurrection in Yugoslavia and they gave you 10 <laughs> random pictures of people to target... <laughs> Like, would Gavin Newsom be one of the priority people to get in contact with just based off his picture in the hopes that you could somehow get him, manipulate him in whatever way to to see towards the insurrection? The only other person I would probably pick above that would be someone in a military uniform with stars on their chest. Like, if they had stars right, on their collar. Would you, do you think you could find a person in a military uniform that looked greasier than Gavin Newsom? Uh, I, um, no. Because no. I met Afghan army generals who traded in child sex slaves, and they weren't as fucking weird looking as Gavin Newsom. He is very greasy. I will say this. Like, put everything else aside, he does look very dirty as, as a man. Like, he, because the thing is, like, he's got that weird look where it's like he looks kind of like a model. But he just whoa he, whoa 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 bud. He does like he, he has that like weird <laughs> model look of like oh this is like one of those weird dudes who does like a Paris model. Show he he looks thing. like he practices his facial expressions right. in the mirror. Like uh, when when he got caught at the French Laundry and then came out the next day with the apology after getting caught there and like he smiled the entire time he was saying that he was a piece of shit. And I was like this guy probably sat in the mirror and did his speech for his apology like 35 times practicing and had different facial expressions every time. And the, I, I just think it's really weird that the one that he chose, though, is that he was going to smile the entire time that he was talking about how he <laughs> no, was a piece of shit. the reason that he was smiling, and this is something you learn about um, human behavioral pattern recognition and prediction or whatever, however you that really long thing, Jack knows what I'm talking about. Um is that he was so excited that he got away with it. Like, he was so happy that everyone else is wearing a mask and he wasn't. And then he gets to go up there and be like... And he didn't wear a mask at yeah, this press conference. No, that's, the, that's, why, <laughs> that's why That's why. he was smiling. Because that, that guy is so greasy and dirty that he literally gets off on, on petty stuff like being able to do that. <sighs> I agree. I I agree with you, but it was subconscious that he was smiling. He probably no, it wasn't was subconscious. Smiling. It was right in, in the forefront. It, it was 
It was complete bullshit. His entire apology was complete bullshit. Of course it was. Look at him. He's so greasy. And I think that I think that that's part of the problem. And that, I think that's part of the problem with what's happening in California too. In general, is that it's not that people are changing and becoming more politically correct or adhering to these things that that society is calling for. It's that. People have learned and been conditioned now that you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can fuck over whoever you want. You can. This is America. You can hurt whoever you want as long as the next day you issue an apology. It's okay. That's absolutely not true. Well, that that's what's happening in our society. You know the worst thing about that? That just happened with our government. I've been attacked and sexually assaulted by more women (laughs) than should. Like, if I was a woman, I would be like really fucking mentally fucked up. Okay. I've been sexually assaulted and like what qualifies as rape for a woman, I've been the part of so many times. It's not okay, right? But as a man, our society doesn't care. Well, that's the that whole that's happening. That's me, a whole right? other subject and there's definitely double standards for that. That you know, you can pull up statistics and you can look at suicide rates where men men account for what 80% of suicides, something like that. Some ridiculous right. number. Men account for like 70 some odd percent of the homeless population. There there's all these ridiculous double standards. Okay, but think about it. That's that's just biology, right? Because well, you're supposed to be strong. Right, as a man. And our, and we like to pretend that we're better than our biology because we're smart, and we are smart. Yeah. But the thing is, we still have instincts. We still have competitive drive, right? Right. That's what drives that crazy girl at the bar to start to get, try to get her boyfriend into a fight by flirting with other dudes, right? Well, it's because she wants to prove that her boyfriend is the toughest, coolest guy. But that same thing is what drives those men to commit suicide, right? And it's, it's just part of biology. It's why the goat in the pasture has to chase the girl goats around and catch <laughs> them, even though they want to... All right, animal they, breeding they is pro- rape. They wanna, <laughs> the goats want to procreate, but the female goats can't just give it up that easy because... He's got to earn it. He has to earn it. He has to prove that he's physically his capable genetics, of doing yeah. it and that his genetics are good enough to procreate with her. And on some level... People aren't better than that. We are still animals. We're very smart animals. We're very spiritually connected animals. We're very, we are on a, on a higher consciousness level than I think a lot of animals are, right? But we still have that mammalian brain that the goat has. Mammalian? What's mammalian? Mammal. Oh, okay. Our brain is just more advanced, but deeper, deeper down inside our brain, that stuff still exists. And so the it's, higher rate yeah, of suicide for men, look at look at the rate. If you looked up the rate for male wolves that get separated for their from their pack and die, like that get pushed out of the pack because they're a, a male as a puppy, it's extremely high. Yeah. And then the rate of them dying is extremely high. Yeah. But the rate of a female wolf getting pushed out of her pack and dying is much much lower. Well, yeah. And they, you know why? Because of the female wolf is more valuable to any wolf pack than a male wolf. Yeah, Does that makes sense. In, in the animal kingdom, it's we are a part of the animal kingdom. Yeah, but in the animal kingdom, in the lesser animal kingdom below primates and such, you know, it, it's like you're talking about our goats. And Nathan isn't isn't discriminatory uh, w- with what goat he's going to hump. I've watched him hump pigs. It's it's not. It, <laughs> and for clarification, they're talking about the goats in the pasture, not me. 
known as. Well, Gator. I mean, I, just want to make that clear. I mean, I have seen Nathan hump goat over here, so yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I but there there isn't there isn't discrimination with the males, and that's that's why you know a female wolf could get pushed out of the pack, but another pack is just going to pick it up because uh, the the male primitive brain is just trying to procreate. It, it's not thinking about strong genetics necessarily. It's just trying to procreate. Right, but my 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 sec my deeper question there is: Do a lot? Do, do most people? Do most humans even? think about the fact that that is such a driver behind so many of the things that they do. I think we like, used the, to, and we the, masked it as things like, you know, saving your virginity for marriage and well, really, really contemplating well, who you're with and things like that. I think, does, I think that we used to, to value that and have a semblance, but we made fancy words for it instead of saying like, you know, you got to make someone work for it, does, which is what we say but now, but girl, everyone still just fucks but everyone. But does the girl at the bar who's Flirting with that other dude to cause her boyfriend to try to stir up a fight. It's definitely her, her primitive boyfriend brain. is birth. Hold on, is worth breeding with, and in, in the most primitive sense of this extremely primitive breakdown. Does, do you think that the average woman doing that? I really wish Ghost was here. Do you think the average woman doing that realizes that that's why she's doing it? I think on some level she does, but like I said, human humans are a fragile thing, and we can't we can't admit that we have a primitive brain. So we come up with these fancy fucking words for it, you know. And and I think that on some level, women who do that do understand that that's why they're doing it, but they call it something else, or you know, even people from an outside perspective call it like, oh, she just likes drama, things like that. But it's not really that. That's it. I think that we do understand that, and I think that even the people that do it and call so, it something else so understand you think that we're just masking it as something else to Definitely. make ourselves feel better about the primitive thing that we're doing. Definitely. What do you so, think about that? So I want to, because I agree with you guys, but I'm going to play devil advocate here for for a minute. No, that's not allowed. I oh, mean, you're right. Sorry. Let me. Let me. I, I mean, I'm 100 with what we're saying. I'm going to start a Twitter campaign to cancel you. <laughs> From whatever power company you work at. Um, it's one of the ones in San Diego. Got him. We got him. There's only so yeah, many. There's only two. But there's only two companies. So we will go through the contractors one by one until we find you. Yes. Like, what name looks the most like there's you? millions of people on Twitter, bud. They'll find That's you. True. We That's will true. find you. Uh, <laughs> now, so to play devil's advocate here... You're, you guys are, are suggesting that our, the primitive brain of humanity, right, can't be overcome with Dude, cultural I, leanings or teachings or... Well, let me chime in here Go as ahead. the most frustrating person in the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I, that is Patrick, is true, by the way. I understand. <laughs> I understand. The older I get, the more I understand this primitive brain sort of push right and i'm still victim to it all the time it's not like i'm better than that because i understand that on some level that's what it is and i can't even admit that on every level that's what i have to say on some level right because i have to pretend like i'm better than that but you know i am still victim to that all the time and i the older i get the more i understand it and even as i understand it it's still so hard to fight that part of the well, of, of the brain because 
while it might not be a, per, a part of my normal, moral, cultured personality, it's still a part of my biology. Yeah. So it becomes this battle against myself that's nearly impossible to win because I'm a human, and as a human, I'm an animal, right? Well, that's... And as an animal, I'm a mammal, and as a mammal, I, I'm subject to all of the previous generations of everything in my entire line that goes all the way back to... So that's the culture. That's what he's talking about. And that's that's what I was getting at, is that we use... We... What I feel like culture and tradition is, is giving you a comfort to understanding your primitive brain, right? And so that's where it developed into all these fancy words to hide what your primitive nature actually was. Whereas, you know... With the culture and tradition stuff, that's why I think it's so important because it goes back to the beginning of your ancestry understanding you and explaining to you in a way that you understand your primitive nature. And I think that's what culture is. Well, and how much of that comes from a time before we really understood that stuff? How much of it comes? It comes. It definitely comes from before. There was written word no, and exactly. all of How that stuff. How much of that is our way of explaining it to ourselves before we had the real scientific data to back up what we were going through and feeling? You know, how much of that is is our compounded multi generational culture of explaining what it means to be human and explaining the parts of our psychology that are primitive before we can understand that that's what it was. Now, as a, is, as a as a species, this is part of the, the question I'm posing to you guys: is now that we as a species understand ourselves more, more. Why? I'm is glad it you not, said that. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> say that. we understand everything. We are the best. <laughs> we will never be smarter than we are at this moment. Now, <laughs> that's that's what. Uh, as a quick sidebar here, that's one thing I do hate about people who claim to follow science. Is they're like, well, the science says this, and this is the facts. Yeah, well, 500 years ago, they said the Earth was flat. So, and that black people were literally a different species, right? Yeah, or people. that plate tectonics didn't exist. They're like, you believe in plate tectonics? You're a fucking maniac. You're crazy. <laughs> was you know, was but, it Galileo that they that they murdered for saying that the Earth revolves around the sun? Yeah, the church. Well, they they, they ostracized him. They didn't but, murder him. But, but the, was Galileo wasn't an artist, right? He was a scientist. He Galileo was a uh, an Astronomer? adventurer, a traveler. A, he was, was he was a scientist, right, quote that, unquote. That he, was him that said that, and they and the church did him in. Yeah, he might be remembering the wrong person, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't, the problem is I don't remember all the names, and I'm also quite a few. But that definitely did happen to somebody. Absolutely. I know that. No, the church definitely <laughs> they definitely did that to repress that that well, knowledge. Well, let me finish. Rolling up my high-level bugler tobacco. Yeah, let's go back to what you were saying. But though, yeah, though. so so my main question is: now that we understand more about our biology and where we're coming from, right? We understand evolutionary biology. We understand a lot of the chain of how humans evolve. Right. What's stopping us as a people? Mm-hmm. You think from being able to overcome those natural light. And you we understand that. So why can't so, we, why do you believe that we cannot create a culture? Because I understand, again, playing devil playing devil's advocate, I understand that a lot of people suggest that we can create a better culture where we like, I guess, eliminate toxic masculinity and we eliminate Okay, things that are but wrong. that girl at the bar no. who's insinuating the fight between her boyfriend and some random dude also hates toxic masculinity. But wait, okay, so I, I understand. But she's encouraging it. I understand I'm, what your question yeah. is, and I, I, I think, <laughs> I, th- I think that 
it's not a matter of creating a new culture. It's not a matter of of eliminating things. Like you talk about toxic masculinity. Well, okay, so the thing of toxic masculinity is that's in the same category as the masculinity of what makes you uh, what makes a firefighter dumb enough to run into a burning building to save a child. It's the, the it's not a matter of eliminating toxic masculinity. It's not a matter of creating a, a different culture. It's a matter of continuing our understanding of the culture and tradition that we have in place that there is specific needs from each sex and that can go into having the transgender and the whatever number of sexes and fluidity of all of that that is coming into our culture now there still is a place for all of these things the toxic masculinity is people who don't have an understanding of their strength, power, and aggression, and the ability for the use for good of those mm-hmm. things. They're using it, they're using it for bad. You know, to, to take away toxic mas- masculinity, like, uh, you know, I, I'm a general laborer. So to take away my toxic masculinity means I'm not going to swing a hammer as good. I'm not going to climb that 150-foot tower because I'm going to be afraid because I'm not using my testosterone and adrenaline to overcome those things to go up on top of that or beat something through something or lift this heavy steel that I have to lift and then weld it together holding a fire in my hand. It's a, I don't think that it's we need to create a new culture. I think it's that we need to understand better ourselves instead of saying that okay we understand everything about this and we need to remove this no we don't need to remove it i don't think that people who want to remove those things understand the value of those things it needs to be guided better from a childhood and it needs to be guided better in adulthood with people that struggled to get the proper guidance when they were young okay but would i have to i have my fact checked on galileo but also would you say that what you were just describing, you know, because obviously you could make the argument for why families are super important and all that, and they are. Families, mother, father, mother, mother, father, father, whatever, is so important to the development of a child, right? Yeah. But even more than that, you know, um, there's all throughout human history, there's been single moms and single dads and, and all that stuff, right? Homosexuality, there, yeah, all of these no, things have existed exists forever. All the way through all of human history. But I think the biggest problem that we face today is, is multi-faced, but I'll sum it up in, in two or three parts here. One, our technology has advanced so fast in such a short amount of time that we're still learning how to have a civilization with all of our technological progress. because. Three generations ago, they were riding horses. Yeah. Okay, now we're in space. That is an incredible, <laughs> incredible just... leap in, in time. But hold on, I'm not finished yet. And the other side of that is, you know, community has kind of lost itself in this new technology because people are so busy trying to figure out how to live modern that we're kind of leaving a lot of our community behind. And I think the biggest things that are hurting us right now are a lack of real bonded communities. And I think yeah. that that a problem with that, I'm sure there's many problems with it and with everything I'm saying, but I think a problem behind the community support for children is that technological gap 
and it creates a disconnect exactly and so people are relearning how to how to connect because you can go anywhere people want to connect yeah people truly want to connect and i think it's just been it we skipped a beat somewhere and and while we play catch up with our tech you know we're also playing catch up with how does this tech integrate into everything that it means to be human and i think that that community problem is starting to really solve itself now I, th- I think I, I think we're starting to turn a corner on that, and and I agree. The technology has created such a disconnect, and what happens when there's a disconnect, but there's such connectivity, is people get ostracized for a single thought or a single belief, and then they fall into something else because they they feel accepted because they agree with something. And there's all these echo chambers out there where. Dude, that's my college is. My college is a huge echo chamber. You get get rejected in one place. Well, that's cool because there's 10 billion clicks on the internet and you just join up with this and you feel like you're a part of something so you feel like you have a real community. Whereas that's not a real community. A real community is your neighbor up the road coming over to bring their tractor to cut your freaking driveway in the back of your property because it's dirt and the rain washed it out. Thank you, Devin. (laughs) And, you know, it's being there for the people that are around you and creating a better environment that you live in. And that spreads because the people within that community go to other communities and they do that in other communities. And and in a lot of ways, it's that whole spreading the love. It's the pay it forward concept. You know, the, the technological disconnect has made people afraid to make new friends if they're not friends with the same people on social media. It's made people afraid to make new friends with people if they don't wear the same clothes, if they don't listen to the same music, if they don't follow the the same podcasts or writers or anything like that. It's become such a, a social thing to exist that if you're not a part of the same group, then you can't you can't be a community. And I think that that's... I, I, I think it's really sad, and I, I think that we're starting to see that turn a corner and change, but I think that the last 15 or so years of technological advances really did a lot of damage, and I think that it's going to take a long time to repair those damages. I cannot tell you how many times somebody that I know has been like, oh, just hit me up on Facebook. Are you on Facebook? What's going on with Facebook? I'm like, bro, I don't have Facebook. <laughs> I checked out of Facebook a long time ago because it didn't feel real to me. Yeah. You know, I, as much as I'm losing out by not being on Facebook, I'm gaining by not being on Facebook because I feel more connected to the people around me because in order to figure out what's going on, I have to go talk to you and look you in the eye and shake your hand and yeah. have a drink with you or catch up with you at the gas station or go out to have dinner or what, stop by your house or whatever, right? I have to go physically find you. I'm not just up to date with you because I'm seeing all your posts. And well, uh, Fact check. I'm okay, Galileo. Check Galileo. Galileo. And then I, I, I have something to add to that. And then we'll hear. Actually, go. you could go first. Because my, my point is just kind of echoing what we've been saying. In 16... And Jack, can you... Pl- er, goat. Goat. Nah. Right. In 1610, Galileo published his Sidereus Nuncius, describing the surprising observations that he had made with the new telescope. Among them, the Galilean moons of Jupiter. With these observations and additional observations that followed, such as the phases of Venus, he promoted the heliocentric theory of Nicholas Copernicus, 
Published in Delarue, finishing it. Hold on. I need to rethink that. If you can't read, you're you're fired from being the fact checker. Look, man, you 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 didn't even graduate high school. I did. I didn't graduate eighth grade. Okay, well, this word is (laughs) messed up. Wait for me to say it. Published in De Revolutionibus, Orbium Colestium, in 1543. Try to spell that. Galileo's discoveries were met with opposition within the Catholic Church, and in 1616, the Inquisition declared helocentrism to be formally heretical. Uh, basically, it goes on to say that he was found guilty of likely inspiring heresy, and that he was held in captivity until he died in whatever year. Yeah, so he, he was ostracized from the community for going against what the Catholic Church was. Yeah, saying, which was right. which was the Catholic Church was in their dot in their day the maybe not the main opinion, but they were the loudest and most violent opinion of the day. Yeah. So if you didn't, if they were around and you didn't adhere to what they were saying, you paid a price for it. You, you were either, I, I, you were either killed or yeah. run out of town on the rails. And I feel like a lot a, a huge portion of the population didn't agree with it, but they just went along with it because they understood that it was easier to placate those people than it was to, to actually stand up well and and it was in those days that the catholic church was like who you went to to get your funding for adventures like uh i it it was spain that funded columbus right but also that money came predominantly you could fact check it probably should but the the money (laughs) the money from from all these adventurers to discover all these new worlds and stuff were were heavily from the Catholic Church. And if not, it was from royalty, which the royalty was money from the Catholic Church. Yeah, so one thing to remember with, with those historical points is that a monarchy is someone who was gifted, has the, has the God-given right to rule a land. Yeah. So even if the monarchy was the one who was coming... God save the queen. It was still coming was from still the church. coming essentially from the church ideology. Well, because the church was spread across the fucking world right. at and that point. you have point. to remember that when Spain... The known world. The known world. The known world. When Spain and Portugal found the new world to them, found Quote, the unquote. The Quote, unquote. Them, yeah. Yeah. Found the Americas. We should say the known world from the Eurocentric perspective, right, because right. as much as I despise all the people that would make that point about that, that is the truth. It's it is. The know, what we just said was the known world from the Eurocentric perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. That is the literal, I, well, what's the right word? Uh, not collegiate, but like, that's the proper way to say that reference that we just right. made, right? But, yeah. But from their their perspective, and when they found the Americas, and they were like, "Oh, we found all this new land." Like they, people, I know people misunderstand. We found all this new land that has these new people on it. <laughs> um, they figured out pretty quick that it wasn't really India. Um, that's one of the reasons if you live in the United States why so many things are called Columbia, it's because that was one of the first names for the new region was Columbia. And that was also going to be potentially the name of the new continent, but it got switched to America because of the Russian explorer who found the whole Pacific coast and mapped it. Now, anyway, the point was the church was the one who actually divided the land, who said Spain owns this half of the new world and Portugal owns the other half of the new world. That was a church treaty. Okay. And so when you look into like the history of Jamestown, one of the reasons Jamestown was founded where it was is because they were hiding from the Spanish in order to <laughs> not get caught breaking the Pope's treaty. Okay. That was one of the big things because Spanish sailors were going up well, and down the coast still okay, claiming so they owned all the I have ancestors that were there, like on the very first boats that landed at Jamestown. And, you know, 
I, I don't know why, but I always seem to really connect with people who also had ancestors who were of English descent or, or, or Scandinavian descent that came to America four or 500 years ago, right? Because well, in, in, in my, in, look, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, in my experience, those people that I'm having that connection with, they are, they, they're not always white. But a lot of times they are, but they seem to be larger or healthier or stronger or, or whatever, right? They seem to be like way, way above the curve of, of most other Americans. Well, you had and to I be. think that it's because in order to survive at that time and land there and survive, they had to be incredibly smart and incredibly strong because... They were literally just dropped off there by a boat, and then the boat left, and like, okay, we'll check on you in six months if yeah. you're still alive, right? And so they had to, like, negotiate with Native Americans over squirrel meat. By the way, we're recording make... this on Thanksgiving right now, so. <laughs> yeah. But, but think about it. Like, they couldn't be stupid, and they couldn't be lazy, and they couldn't be weak, or they died. And so... Those the people the, the very very first Could, Europeans that came to America the ones that survived were literally the best of the best of Europe because yeah. if they weren't they died. Well, could you imagine in those days surviving hurricanes? Think about the devastation of hurricanes today in the south of the East Coast. Could you imagine having a log freaking cabin and a musket and surviving a hurricane back then dude if you've ever and deciding to stay there that's so... that's the other thing deciding to not be like fuck this land let's go let's go farther inland from the ocean so for anyone who isn't familiar i'm going to reference a book right now it's called 12 years a slave it's a great historical text uh, about the time right before the civil war the american civil I war i mean everyone knows about that cuz they made a movie and it got oscars and stuff whatever so if you've never heard of 12 years a slave in the book they actually the the guy who gets forced into slavery he goes with his the people that own him right his master and they go and they go to they go from wherever they are to texas for some reason to like do something to make money right and um, they go through Louisiana, and this part of Louisiana that they go through just gets hit by a hurricane. It's literally devastated. Mm. I mean, it, it's it's reduced to a level of like inhumanity and destruction that is extremely hard for us to contemplate today. Like, it wiped out everything. Literally everybody was just sleeping outside because all their houses were gone, everything was destroyed, all their food was gone. They, the, the entire region they went through was destroyed by this hurricane. And as they're going to Texas, they actually sleep through the hurricane, but it doesn't make much difference to them other than the weather because they're just passing through anyway. They were gonna sleep outside on the ground yeah. no matter what. But for the people of that region, it was, it was an absolutely devastating event. Yeah, they lost their entire lives. Yeah. Just like they... And it there was there was no too. FEMA, there was no bailout, there was nobody coming to help them. So what they lost was gone forever. And well, and we're also talking that was three hundred years later than what we're talking about. You know, settling this land as Eurocentric people. It's it's baffling that it's baffling to me that they're. I understand like supply chain and the I really need, don't the need know to. If we should call it settling anymore because. 
I understand the the Eurocentric point behind the word settling. Yeah. But I don't feel like that's the well, right term. And I but I do feel like where I'm coming from with that is we will come up with a better term that everybody can agree on for what that was. Where I'm coming from Because I also don't feel like it was conquering, but I also don't feel like it was settling. I feel like it was somewhere in between. Where I'm coming from with the point of settling is if you look at the Native American cultures for those times in those areas, the reason that it wasn't settled by Native Americans is because they would go there during certain parts of the year and they would live off of the land because it had its all of its benefits and they knew the hurricanes were coming so they would pack up and they would leave those areas to not be demolished by the hurricane, the hurricane. so well, when i'm Europeans talking about didn't have hurricanes though, so they had no freaking idea exactly and so when i'm talking about settling what i'm talking about is the european people who settled those areas and actually built cities and townships and all of that stuff to have a base of operations for the supplies coming from europe that got to them that then they sent west or they sent south or they sent north so when i say settling i'm not saying like they were the first people there i'm saying they were the first people that built cities there that stayed there even through the hurricane seasons and when the hurricanes came and destroyed their entire civilization they just rebuilt it because they needed to stay there so they could supply people to move yeah, farther west and stuff remember with I know we're, we're in the Native American topic of like settling and conquering the Americas, but you also have to remember that by the time the English settlers got there, by like the Spaniards and the Portuguese, had got devastated first, the entire continent. The entire continent was devastated, not from not from warfare, but simply from disease. Like a lot of the a lot of the stories and historical texts you see is like, oh, we found like an abandoned Native American settlement. The reason it was abandoned was because everyone died of disease, <laughs> disease <laughs> that the white before. man brought. Right, that no one knew, no one understood. Like they, the Europeans had just gone through the plague, and they again didn't really understand what that was. And so when they came, they were immune to this stuff or at least better conditioned. Well, and and to add to that point, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, Europe, they, they make it seem like Europeans were intentionally bringing disease. They did. They weren't intentionally bringing disease. They didn't even understand what disease was. Right, exactly. They had no freaking idea. I mean, so for, to, to say they were intentionally co committing biological reference. warfare would be ridiculous. Now to say they didn't take advantage of it well, would the, be a lie, but you also have to understand is... the time period because in in that time period they didn't have the luxury of being able to worry about whether or not they were taking advantage of a situation. Right. Well, no, they but they took advantage of it or they died. Right. But but no, the biological warfare topic comes into when they handed out smallpox blankets to Native Americans as fur traders and such. And I, it's and I will, and that and they did do that yeah, intentionally. I will say there are, there are but I don't think situations. I would like to find a a real occurrence of that the, i think that it did happen intentionally in the 19th century i'm pretty sure yeah. that that's well documented in yeah. at least a couple and of cases. I, I think that's where that argument comes from and then uh, you know there's extremists that are that just believe that we did it on purpose from the dawn yeah. of freaking time I well hold on here as someone who's at least 10 percent native american <laughs> as someone who's 4.1 percent african-american i will say i will speak for an entire people yeah i will speak for an entire people that i know nothing about and have never experienced their modern culture okay but look my my native american ancestors were like the first tribe to get wiped out like they don't even exist anymore right but i mean the reason they don't, you you great, literally just said my tribe so they do exist that's a great way to make it totally unverifiable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never fact check that because they don't 
do not exist, so you would never. They haven't existed for centuries, so there isn't any history on them. They don't go. Regardless of everything that's wrong with what I just said, look, it, it breaks down for me like this: that tribe. They made a choice, right? Because right. they saw the writing on the wall, and as as messed up as it is, because it is messed up, they said, "You know what? It's way easier to just live with these these European pricks that don't like us because we're Indians or Native Americans or Mohawks or or Sequoias or or whatever, right? It's way easier." to just integrate into their society than it is to continue to try to fight to preserve our society. And also it's way easier to raise cows yeah. than it is to eat squirrels. Well, and exactly. And and I think that that's something that gets downplayed and and Well, because that's what glossed happened. That's over why that is... tribe doesn't exist because they integrated three, four hundred years ago because it was just easier. Yeah, and and modern technologies are are always gonna are always gonna trump everything that if well that's the entire history of human civilization everywhere the guy with the best technology think about going from what he wants and then everyone else copies it and they play catch up and then eventually they have a better technology and they take what they want and it's just back and forth well and think about at the same time there's a reason why they call it technological evolution because it is we're evolving with our technology and the people with the best technology are pushing that boundary all the time but it changes Innovation happens in humanity all the time in every direction. So, you know, there's leaps forward and, and sometimes one culture isn't as far ahead and then another culture shows up and and they're just like, you know what? We love our old ways, but this is literally better. It's yeah. just better. Think about going from having to find a specific type of rock, fashion it into an arrowhead, Make a stick straight by fire, kill a bird to make the flights for your arrow, versus having a gun that you pour some freaking powder into well, and drop a ball inside of. And then gun. you and then but then you but and then you, you can to make that powder and make that ball, but, but that is a much more stable technology but what, what, over a long period exactly of time. Exactly. What I'm saying is is they went from having to fashion uh these these weapons and tools to to defend themselves and hunt to being taught how to farm. Being taught how to shoot something from, you know, I don't know how far muskets can shoot, but a lot farther it, than an arrow just, and more really accurately. It comes down to how hard you can pray. Yeah, and <laughs> so so these these technologies came, and there was tribes like the the tribe that you're a descendant of that did see the writing yeah, on the wall. Say that more negatively. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm I'm sitting here looking I'm sitting here looking at you and you look nothing like a Native American, but I, I hear you often claim your Native so American heritage. I do have a buddy who is Look, I can literally trace it back in the I, I'm not there's, I'm not I'm not doubting records. that you have a percent. One of like I have an ancestor that was like one of the very first people to marry in like a native american to marry a uh, european right? yeah like they have a record of that i'm not i'm not doubting your ancestry i'm all i'm saying is there there was benefits to native americans joining with european culture it it 
I don't think it's as black and white as, as we think it is today. I don't either. Nothing ever is. Nothing ever thing. is. People love to Well, Afghanistan's I we've both been to Afghanistan right. and it's not nearly as black and white as people who haven't been there think it is. I was no. sitting there and I was literally in my head. I it's was extremely thinking, complicated. Remember, we might be just the bad guys helping the Afghan national government because the Afghan national government's like selling child slaves and the Taliban are like outlawing and heroin and no one's good. That's the thing is like there's no good or bad. I could like, like if we if we went on the topic, I know. Uh, can you tell this when you get done? Can you tell Absolutely. the story about the guy on the with the dirt bikes and the and the walkie-talkie? Oh, yeah. When you get done with what you're saying, now. sure. Um, but like that's the same concept throughout all of history. As we as we've been discussing for this you know past thirty minutes or so, or longer, who knows? Um, time is just a construct in our heads. Point is, throughout history. There's no good or bad. There is just people and people do things. So you might think that the American empire did terrible things to the Native Americans, but the American empire at the time may think that Native Americans did terrible things to them. The British might think that, oh, well, the Zulus are this terrible warrior tribe and the Zulus think, well, the British are these awful, terrible invaders. Right. Yeah. Well, so the British all... thought the, the 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 Celts thought that the Vikings were terrible. Right. The Irish think the English is terrible. The Scottish think the English are terrible. Right. And right. I mean, and is... the French think the Germans are terrible. The Germans think the Russians are terrible. The Poles hate everybody. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, like, to be fair, the Polish have had the shortest side on the historical stick for like 500 years <laughs> they have a right to think everyone's terrible because they've been, been invaded by every culture you could think of and yet are still somehow alive which is pretty endearing to their survivability that is a culture that is strong that is a culture that is they are a strong people because they have been invaded by anyone well i don't know if, how many polish people you've met but they are extremely hairy they very, very <laughs> well, think about the region in the world they that they live. They live in the most desolate part of Europe. Like, to be a European nation and to have not become a superpower at one point means that you must have lived in the worst possible place. <laughs> no, that, and, and that's uh, something to think about, too. You know, everyone's invaded them, but nobody's wanted to keep them. They go invade it, There's... and then they're like, okay, we got what we needed from this country by having strategic uh, placement of yeah. our armies and such, but the you guys so, can have it. Soviet, we're gonna we're gonna Soviet leave now. Union literally was like, I guess we'll take Poland. <laughs> they, wanted, they just didn't want to be invaded through Poland again. That's, that's like the, the only reason. That's like wanted. the United States being like, I guess we'll keep Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been to Oklahoma and I like it, but to say Oklahoma is extremely valuable territory would be ridiculous. There's a reason they sent all the Native Americans to Oklahoma because they knew it was the most worthless piece of land that they had left to give. All that in uh, South they Dakota. They never thought they would colonize it until. They ran out of land to colonize. Yeah. Um, but but Mule brought up the point of this story about these guys on this dirt bike. Uh, and, and that story is when I was in Afghanistan. Um, and this, for reference, is a secondhand story. I wasn't part of this operation. I watched the after video and was listening to my buddy who was a part of the operation talk about it. Um, but they were, they were in this place in Afghanistan and they were watching on this drone footage. They saw these two Taliban dudes on dirt bikes and in this province that they were in dirt bikes were illegal if you were on a dirt bike you were considered Taliban because the only people that used dirt bikes were the Taliban in order to get okay so that. so it was out of practicality it, it was yeah. it was sort of like okay um it, we're gonna make all dirt bikes illegal to make it harder for the Taliban they to get it around harder for the Taliban to get around and they assumed if you were using a dirt bike you were part of the Taliban so these okay. two dudes on this dirt bike that they assumed were Taliban 
<laughs> we're riding around. Um, Those were actually the two nicest guys in Afghanistan, and they were actually just bringing heroin to their grandma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were delivering heroin to their grandma because she was sick from not having enough heroin. Um, and they were driving on this dirt bike, and they had this drone on it, and the drone got authorization to fire. So they fire this Hellfire missile, which is, I don't know, $500,000 for the taxpayer. Totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. To kill two guys. You kill two guys in a dirt bike. Uh, you got to tell the story about the Mercedes after this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> They fire this Hellfire missile. Um, great use of taxpayer dollars. And it's going in, and these dudes on their bike see the missile. They, like, they're looking on the camera, and they look up at the drone, and they see the missile coming, and they like, speed up. Like, they're going <laughs> to outrun this heat-seeking missile. This heat-seeking missile that's used to, to take out jets, essentially. Like, it's a Hellfire missile. It's used to blow up fucking tanks. And they're like, yeah, we're going to outrun this missile. <laughs> on our, our 1982 Honda 1982 dirt bike. Honda dirt bike. <laughs> you've, you've seen uh, Skinny Joe's 85, what is it, a Yamaha? That thing gets. It so gets, but it doesn't I think get that he would have, if anyone was going to outrun a, 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 a Hellcat Hellfire missile, missile a Hellfire, it yeah. would be Skinny Joe and his Kawasaki. So they, so they have a Hellfire <laughs> missile and they're speeding up. They think they're going to outrun it. Long story short, they definitely don't outrun it. <laughs> it's the dirt bike, it explodes, right? And they're seeing this, this they're seeing this on this camera, like, oh, we got him. The dirt bike explodes. The dirt bike comes out of the dirt, huh? Well, it explodes, right? And the next thing they see on the drone camera, because the drone's still circling overhead, this farmer that lives right there where they got blown up rushes out with this wheelbarrow, like, super fast, like Olympic speed, takes the dirt bike, throws the wrecked dirt bike in the wheelbarrow, runs back to his farm, puts the dirt bike in a pile, runs back out to the two dudes who just got blown up, throws their bodies into the wheelbarrow to throw them on a... On a a garbage pile, I guess. Like, the dirt bike was put into a special pile for scrap. Yeah, so you could take parts and such. Hashtag robust compost. This is definitely a politically correct, sen sensitive conversation. Yeah, so he, they pick up these bodies, they take them to this like this compost pile, and he throws them out, and one of them's still alive. Like, what? <laughs> Hell, dude, still alive, and his arm is missing. His arm has been blown off okay. from this missile, but he's alive still. Like he wasn't killed by the blast. He's dying. He's not going to live. No, no one's going to save him. Um, and the farmer looks at him. The Taliban guy's like, reach, like, is there, like, trying to move around. He takes the dude's arm that was in the wheelbarrow that's been severed, and he throws it into the compost pile. The, the dude who's alive is not in the compost pile. He's, like, against the wall. Um, and they had these radios on. And so the farmer steals the radio from the Taliban. And we have this system set up so we can monitor the communication so they can listen in on the radio conversation. And they have translators on these on these conversations. So they're sitting there like, oh, the farmer's going to say stuff on the Taliban line. Well, hold on. Do these translators actually speak Pashtun? Or they're American soldiers. They're trained okay, Americans. Okay. So they were actually trained in the language <laughs> to speak it. They're not just random contractors that were hired that said they could speak it and fake the test. They at least have a general understanding okay, okay. of the language. Um, and they're sitting there and they're listening in and all this dude is doing, this farmer is on this radio and he's just saying slurs to the Taliban. And I'm going to say these slurs that they translated, supposedly. He's on the radio calling the Taliban gay and they're, they're homosexuals and they're like, fuck little boys. Which, which over there is like the most horrible thing that you could call someone. Yeah, which is weird because they're almost all gay. Right, but it's, <laughs> it's one thing to have sex with a man on a Thursday as is tradition. And it's another thing... To be called out on that. Wait, so it, oh, wait. So anyway, it's okay just, to be gay. It's just like Texas. It's okay to be gay. It's not okay to be called out on it. Right. 
So he's Wait, just, but the the whole Thursday thing was that that was a joke, or that's like actually a, a thing, thing called Man Love. I think it's like what is it, Man Boy Love Thursday or something like that, where all the <laughs> Afghans like it's really weird. It's like on a certain day of the week, which I think is usually a Thursday. They like, okay. get really close to other men. Okay, I don't really understand. Why. Like as a part of culture in general, or that's like. Uh... I think it's an Afghan culture thing. Can I we can't get, say Okay, look, we're losing track of the story. Can we get back to the story? Yeah, so they're on the radio. There's this farmer's on the radio for hours just calling the Taliban a bunch of dirty names and slurs and just calling them out like, oh, you guys suck. I just watched your boys get blown up. <laughs> He's like, the what Americans now, bitch? going to kill you, dumb assholes. Fuck you, I got your dirt bike. And that's the biggest thing, too, is he's, the first thing he did was he didn't care about the lives. He, the he wanted, they he wanted the 1982 Honda 350. Scrap metal from that dirt bike is probably going to feed him and his family for at least a week. So he scrapped the first thing he got was the dirt bike, and then he came back for the bodies. And he didn't call anybody to, like, call for help. He just started making fun of them on their radio about their two guys who just well, got murdered by an American drone strike. So so what happened to this guy that is still alive just leaned up against the wall? Oh, he well, he died, obviously. I mean, obviously <laughs> he, he died, but, him. like, you said he didn't throw him in the compost. Like, if he if he hated so these people that much, the why didn't he just throw him in the compost to die in there from infection the of the bacteria like in the compost? in front of him on the radio calling, hey, I'm looking at your boy right now. <laughs> he's, a, he's an idiot. This dude, like, tried to outrun, and I'm pro projecting here. I don't know. He's just he like, said. Third Street! Right. He's just like, like, essentially, he's just calling the Taliban out, and he's doing it in front of their dying member of the Taliban who had the radio. That's that's pretty harsh, man. Um, and that's kind of life over there. It's not really... Again, it's not really a black and white of like, oh, like, you know, I'm just a simple farmer man and I just farm stuff. Like, no, like, the dude probably sells heroin and he probably sold his daughter for some goat. Like... Well, There's they do literally, they will beat or kill the worst member of their family or their village and then take them to the closest American base and say the Americans did it and then we will give them money. It happens yeah, all the time. They scam us a lot. They'll literally just murder the person they like the least in their village and then say it was us and then we just give them money because it's not worth arguing about. Right, it's not worth arguing. There was an incident too. We had an incident at a gate where we had a, a private contractor who was guarding this gate. He was a black dude. Um, and but this... also I'd like to clarify like the worst person in the Afghan village is probably like the nicest person <laughs> that has the most respect for human rights. That's the person that by their standard that's the worst person. Right, that's bad for them. So there, there was this dude his black dude guarding this gate um and this militia guy walks up to him and you're not allowed to just shoot people because they have a gun right? yeah not, there's not there the are certain protocols yeah here. we're not, we're not <laughs> they we have standards like even if they <laughs> shoot at you you know there are times when people are getting shot at i know mule has much better stories about getting literally shot at by mortars and, and being told fire, to stand down being told not to shoot yeah. back um but, like, there are times when you're getting shot at and they're just like, can we do anything? They're like, did they hit anybody? And they're like, no, but they're shooting us. And it's like, well, then no. That's you have to wait till you know, someone dies. You have to wait till someone gets actually hurt. Like, they're just having fun. <laughs> like, what? Like, there was, I remember. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fun to fight a war and not get shot back at. My, uh, so one of the, one of the people I was with, she, we deployed, right, to Afghanistan. And her boyfriend deployed with us in a different unit. He was an, an infantryman and we were intelligence. Um, anyway, so her boyfriend goes out on these presence patrols, uh, and these Afghan kids throw rocks at their trucks for fun. And one time, one of the Afghan kids nailed the machine gunner in the head with a rock, 
And the machine, which was her boyfriend at the time, he got nailed in the head with this rock and he got really mad. And he pulled out his M9 and he was like, hey, fuck you, little kids. And they all freaked out because when the Russians were there, the Russians <laughs> would pull out their pistols and kill people. So the <laughs> Afghan society has associated handguns with execution. So when they see foreigners pull out their handguns, they like immediately assume they're about to all get murdered. And too far. No, that's 100% true. So... When we would work on the A and we, I worked at like an A and A, what equivalents to like basic training for them. So like Fort Jackson or, um, what's the dumb one where they train infantrymen? Uh, Benning. Yeah, Fort Benning or like uh, the one by where you live. Oh, Irwin. I don't no, know fool, not Irwin. Oh, the, the Marine. Marine. Yeah, the Marine uh, base in San Diego. Just San Diego, whatever the. Fuck yeah, San Diego. Pendleton we, or something. San Diego. We thumped the Eagle Globe and Anchor <laughs> Society. So. <laughs> the, I'm sure uh, you just made a lot of people. Shout out to the Marine really, uh, who always flies helicopters at night and keeps me awake. Still, it reminds me of Afghanistan. Every nothing time. like having PTSD and having them tell you you don't. I mean, so, <laughs> you are the one that chose to go live next to a Marine base. Not on choice. It was you, the most available apartment. Oh, again, that's because you are you, so cheap. But you're, and, but you're also like what, like ten hours away from your hometown. You you chose to move I did there. Chose and to the same and when you came back from the army, you lived in New York. So you chose to Just go thirty five hundred miles back home. Yeah, I chose away to on, live next on, to a marine base. New York is one of the few states that might actually be worse than California. I would never live in New York. But hold on, let me get. And I live so in California. back to the pistol thing. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was working at the A&A training base, right, we'd go and we'd sit down and I didn't speak passion. I had no idea what was going on, but my job was to provide security for the, like, I'm A, helping to train, right, but I'm a, I'm not an NCO. So the NCOs were primarily in charge of, like, the sergeants were primarily in charge of actually coordinating with the Afghan army instructors on training the soldiers. My job there was to assist my NCOs in that training but also to provide expert security for that detail because all the time we were having uh, green on blue attacks, correct? Mm -hmm. Where they would attack, like somebody we were training would attack us in a suicide mission just to kill some Americans, which happens all the time. There is no and vetting over there. They have, technically they have an ID system that nobody follows. If I you had pay $15, you can get an ID that says you are whoever you want to be. They took all of our saw machine guns and all of our M9s away from us, except for a handful of M9s. So I was one of the only people that actually carried an M9 every day at work. And the Afghans were literally terrified of me because I was one of the only people with an M9. And that goes and back this to just clicked what in my head because of what he thing. just said, because and in my mind, I'm you're like, the executor. Yeah, I'm the guy that <laughs> executes them. And I'm also like the biggest. Yeah, person. I was going to say, you're also six foot five, 270 <laughs> yeah, pounds. Fair, most, most people in Afghanistan are like five, five. They are not tall, big. And, and they're skinny. They're built yeah, they like so, me. They don't have a lot of core. So to growth. them, what just occurred to me from him explaining that was like, oh my God, they thought I was the guy that was going to take them out in the back and shoot them if they misbehaved. And not only that, I was probably like one of the grumpier looking people like. <laughs> I just sat there and fucking smoked and like spit on the ground, right? So like I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't do shit. Which also spitting on the ground to them, I they're in the Muslim faith. I know that they're very about like cleanliness and like it, that that sort of stuff. So spitting on the ground probably was a, a big insult to them, right? It, it's a, it, it it's not as bad as showing them the bottom of your feet. Yeah, it really depends on where, like think of it as the same. You have to. Th 
there's still people. So think about as American culture. Like if you went to like a Baptist community and you had sex with the daughter of the priest, he'd be really mad. Like yeah. if you went to San Francisco and had sex with the mayor's daughter, he'd be like, hell yeah, man. Right like, on. I have sex with her too. <laughs> <laughs> so right like, on. It depends, on. it depends on how progressive they are because and I, we've had this issue before where like translators who are like very American were mm. like, oh, I'm doing this to get my American citizenship. I'll help you out. They were like, want to, they're embarrassed they were, by how unwesternized their homeland is. Yeah, they, they, will, they were all for Western culture. They will pretend that it's okay. I remember talking to some folks and like, yeah, our translator is trying to convince us that we could walk into this mula's house with our shoes on. What's because, a mula? Uh, he's like a like a like kind of like the like the if Tuolumne County had a local warlord. So kind of like the sheriff. Yeah, in a sense, he's like a sheriff, but he's also he's religious. he's the problem solver of the yeah, community. He's yeah, he's like he's like he determines if you traded enough heroin for that guy's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> he's an important figure. The point is, he's a very important okay. figure. So he's a, he's a power society. figure. For he's a power society. figure, and they were like, they're like, oh, we, you know, they were thinking about the culture, like, oh, we should take off our shoes, we shouldn't enter the house with the shoes on and stuff, and their translator was like, oh, no, 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 it's totally cool. You can you can enter with the shoes on, and they were like, "Nah, man, we'll take." Because the translator was like, he was embarrassed that his country wasn't as Western, and he's like, "Well, I'm Western, you know, it's cool. You're with me. You're just a Westerner. It's fine." But it, but, it, so, but, but to that guy, but to that guy, he was like, "How dare you?" As an intelligence asset, you would maybe have an answer for this question because I was never able to figure it out. Uh -huh. Do they have courts in Afghanistan? Like. Do they have a court I actually system? I worked on a whole, I'm not going to call it a case because for me it was gathering intelligence, but I worked with lawyers, well, army lawyers who worked with Afghan lawyers, and they were actually dealing with the Afghan court system. They had an Afghan, this is actually really funny, maybe to veterans, maybe not to regular people. They had an Afghan lawyer who openly threatened to murder them constantly, who was 100% <laughs> sympathetic to the Taliban, and was... He, the problem too was he wasn't they, they were trying this dude for an insider threat there was a situation where these two afghan soldiers gathered a bunch of guns from the armory and hand grenades and attacked an american patrol that was assist like these americans were assisting the afghans on patrol and these two afghan soldiers attacked the americans they killed one dude essentially this specialist this specialist in the army walked up with this guy and was like hey why are you hiding behind this brick wall bro, you're being really suspicious. And the Afghan opened fire on him and then the Americans opened fire on the Afghan and the Afghan surrendered. And because, as much as people like to think about it, we're not all war criminals, once he surrendered, we arrested him and put him to the Afghan trial system. So he's going through this Afghan court. Um, do they have a juries there or do they just have moolahs with ak 47 it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's set up I'm like, sorry, moolahs with Makarov... It's, it's set up Makarov like an, pistols. It's a Russian handgun. So though. if you're in an Afghan National Army, if you're in a national government-controlled province, you have the standard court. If you're in a Taliban-controlled province, you have the standard court and the religious court. Okay. Um, sometimes, even in the national provinces, you have the Taliban religious court. Because so, the Taliban so really national provinces. national provinces, uh, from what it sounds like. So then, it's like more well, more western. Government. There's it's, a national government who. Do you think that the I owns the province? This question okay. is going to be really dark and inappropriate. Uh -huh. Do you think that the IRA could learn a thing or two from the Taliban? I think the Taliban can learn a thing or two from the IRA. Yeah, the IRA is insanely organized. The IRA. Well, the, I think the Taliban is very organized too, but I think the difference is that the Taliban is 800 years behind the IRA culturally, but a thousand years ahead of them as far as being able to survive heroin overdoses. <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. Um, but I think as far as like the IRA goes, like 
The Taliban have the advantage of the fact that Afghanistan is a totally lifeless, worthless piece of mountain territory. The IRA live on a small island. But there's lots of culturally there's lots of culturally cool things about Afghanistan. If you're a history that's nut, true. Afghanistan that's true. would be one of the coolest places ever it's, to visit if it was safe. Right. <laughs> the thing is, Afghanistan has always been the point where every empire has been like, "This is a good border to stop at because yeah. no one will ever cross." This it's, border. So, it's sort of like going back to the Poland thing. Like, I, I, you, know, you guys can have it. You can have it as long as you pay us the whatever tax or whatever. Like, no one's going to try to cross it to attack you because by the time they get through Afghanistan fighting the locals in the environment, most of their army is dead. <laughs> so they don't have to worry about it. They're like, yeah, technically we own it. Like, there's only ever been one Afghan empire because every time an empire starts in Afghanistan, the second they get territorial in Afghanistan, that's the new capital. There's only been one. They person. don't. They don't want. They don't, they don't even. No they don't even want to stay there. No, the they're <laughs> strong enough to leave Afghanistan. Every a empire that started in Afghanistan has either moved their capital into Persia, which is now um, Iran, yeah. or moved their capital into Pakistan or India the second they took the territory. There's been one empire that didn't do that, and that's the most famous Afghan empire ever because they had a leader, a warlord, who didn't immediately leave Afghanistan once he that? conquered better lands. I don't remember the full name of the. It was like the Dury. I have to look it up because I'm gonna not fact check meal. Yeah, I'm not doing that right now. But what I will say is that where I worked in Afghanistan, every day the sun set right behind a castle that was built by Alexander yeah. the Great. And when they weren't shooting mortars at us from that castle, it was really cool. <laughs> no, it was really cool. And you know what? As as shitty as it might have been to have actually gotten blown up by a mortar shot from that castle. I'm glad that we didn't not destroy it because someday, someday that will be an incredible landmark. It's just, it can't be appreciated because it's of so how violent the territory is, yeah. you know? And, That's and also I think about it like this one, when people ask me, is the war in Afghanistan worth it? When I first joined the army, I didn't think it was. I didn't think the war in Iraq was worth it, and I didn't think the war in Afghanistan was worth it. But I think for the people in those countries, it, not right now, it'll be generations. We'll all be dead. But I think in the very, very long term, those conflicts will have been worth it. And it's because of what Jack, it's because of what Ghost said earlier. Go. Ghost. It's because of what whoever said earlier about the uh, <laughs> God damn it. It's because of what they said earlier about the translators who were more westernized. Yeah. It's not so black and white, you know. I'm, I worked with lots of Afghans that really wanted to see they loved Afghanistan. They loved their people. They loved their families. They loved the place where they were from. But it was so dangerous and so upside down and so ridiculous, you know, those people are the future of Afghanistan. And because we are there, they don't feel alone in their struggle. And for the first times, they're able to stand up, even if they all get killed over and over again. They're able to take little stands and little victories, right? Because that's what a, a big victory is, little victories. Yeah. They're able to take that stand a little bit at a time to bring their society forward culturally. And yeah, yeah, also absolutely. you can't go to space with Afghan with, with Afghans on average. Like try try to have your average Afghan on an international space station. It would go <laughs> it really, would it would go really go bad. Well. It would not work out. <laughs> that's that's one thing I think a lot of people uh miss 
with um, with these wars. They're like, oh, these are just forever wars. You know, I hear a lot of I hear everyone from every side, and they are forever wars. They are forever wars. I think they are worth fighting. Yeah, I wish that it wasn't us doing it, but I think that us doing it is better than if the Chinese were doing it. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Or like the Russian, they're still terrified of handguns because the Russians would just execute them all the time. Right. Exactly. Right. That's, that's one thing I think people always, always lose out depending on no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Like if you're, you know, if you're a Democrat and the Republicans are in power, then you're anti-war. And if you're a Republican and the Democrats are in power, you're anti-war. And if you're a libertarian, you're always anti-war because there's never been a libertarian in power since 1778. Um, I don't know that actual number. I'm just making up a number because libertarians have never Fact been check. Goat is lying. <laughs> but the point is, is that um, we honestly, as a global empire, which is what we are, like people will be like, oh, we need to be isolations. We're this and that. Like we are a global empire. I don't think we have a choice though. Yeah. After World War II, we didn't really have a choice. Like we've become a global empire. After? Before World War after, II, we were after, still very well, me, me and Bear have had this whole conversation about whether or not World War II actually ended. It didn't end. It I just changed that, shape. Interesting. I, Cold about, War. That's a fair point. Think the about Cold Korea War. and Vietnam and the Russians in Afghanistan as different phases of World War II because after the bombs were dropped – we couldn't go head to head in conventional large scale warfare anymore. No, that's a that's a fair point, but that's a different that's a whole different. But do I topic. think the actual large scale ground fighting of World War II ended? Yes, but do I think the actual power struggle of World War II ended? No, I think yeah. it's still playing out. That's today. that's fair, but that's a different topic. But I will I will say this: like because of where we're at as as Americans and the things that we do, like people don't people always like you. Let's not even talk about Iraq and Afghanistan. Let's talk about maybe Vietnam, right? Vietnam, everyone looks back and they're like, oh, why did we ever get involved in Vietnam? But like, if you look at the ending of that war, when America pulled out, when this, when the North Vietnamese won, they, for Christ's sakes, like they're pushing like $100,000 helicopters and jets off aircraft carriers to airlift Vietnamese people out of the country to get them away from communism and bring them to America as refugees. Because once we left them, those people were like, we don't want to live here anymore. This place is going to go to shit. Well, and, and they, we will do anything we can to escape it. Yeah, and they, and they went the through and they started with, killing people. You either join us or, or right. you're and dead. The same thing with Iraq and Afghanistan. When we invaded Afghanistan, nobody talks about this. When we invaded Afghanistan, millions and upon millions, like three million or something, like Afghan refugees went back into the country because when America invaded, they were like, oh, cool, it's going to change. It's, it's gonna yeah, change. it's. And we, of course, we squandered that opportunity because we're not very. <laughs> we're imperialist. Well, we didn't. We're we also were, were Western, so our culture didn't. It took ten years for our culture to figure out that their culture and our culture weren't getting along. And so the biggest opportunities that we missed in Afghanistan and Iraq were because we didn't understand their culture until yeah. it was too late. And so the game that we play today is of trying to to show them that no, we are here to help you. We want to help you. We want to make things better for right. you. We're sorry that we didn't understand well, was, you guys as much as we do now. That was part of the problem with the fact that we're very bad at being imperialists despite <laughs> the fact that we invade everywhere because the problem was George W. Bush invaded these countries and then he's like, I'm going to let the UN figure it out. He's like, we're not nation building. And that was, um, I mean, this is going to probably be controversial for everybody. I think that was a mistake for us by not being nation builders because we're already there. We're already pouring the lives and money into these countries and then we're going to let the UN figure out what to do. The UN set up a human rights council for Afghanistan where like, okay, women have to have proper representation. And again, this sounds bad, but if you're thinking in an Afghan culture, 
women aren't that's going to be rejected that's going to be rejected purely off face value they didn't want that they didn't care what women thought in afghanistan or really iraq but hold on hold on here's the thing a lot of the a lot of those native native people of those countries that are happy were there they actually love their wife I, I every fucking day when I was working at the gate on the fob I was at the little tiny fob where we had one little tiny gate there was one Afghan that went around the whole fob and he, he sweep gravel roads he was literally sweeping the dust off of gravel roads for like two dollars a day American right but that's great money in Afghanistan and he was so happy to do that to, to think he was helping us and he he could speak he spoke amazingly good english right and he would always say you know i have five wives he's like i don't want to have five wives he's like i love my first wife he truly loved his first wife right but then his brother died right so he got and his, his brother wife. had three wives so he had to take on multiple wives and his second wife what happened was the local mullah said if you don't marry another woman and adhere to our culture, we will kill you and your wife and your children. So that's how he got his second wife. And then his additional wives came from when his brother died, right? So he had all these wives, but he really just wanted his one wife. But if he didn't have multiple wives, they would have killed him. And also taking on those extra wives meant he got the opportunity to make sure that his brother's family didn't starve to death or get sold into sex slavery. And so he believed in what we were doing. He just couldn't admit it to other Afghans or they would have, or the the militant religious zealot Afghans would have killed him, right? Right. And that's another thing that I think people also forget. We've been there for, you know, 18, 19 years now. Well, really we've been there for 40 years. Yeah, technically we've been there longer, (laughs) but officially, we've officially uh, declared war for 19 years. Um, one of the big things that has changed too is even the Taliban has gotten way more moderate than they were when we first entered Afghanistan. Well, because like, they're yeah, trying to win their war. Yeah, well, and their so own people. Win, when when, when you're... we started doing ten years ago, was we stopped fighting a, a guns and bullets conventional war and start and fighting started, an insurgency. We started fighting a cultural war, and so what that does is it forces the Taliban. Because our I remember what I always yeah, their their people start rejecting them, our so idea, they have to adapt. If your ideas too. are good. It doesn't matter what other ideas are out there. People will naturally gravitate towards the best idea or technology, right? And so what we're forcing the Taliban to do by fighting a cultural war is we're forcing them to move a little bit farther away from their extreme positions because they realize they're losing people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in order to appeal to the population, not only do they have to be an effective government, which in a lot of places that I've seen, (laughs) they are actually pretty effective at it. Um, at their local governance, but they've also had to pledge. The We're people so that far away water. from any of our original topics, but I think this is a really good conversation. Well, I mean, we only talked about one of the topics that we, we had written down to talk about, topic. and we we kind of glossed over it. I, I feel like um, you know that one. But isn't that the joy of kind of this? Because we didn't know we were going to well, end up here. The the whole reason that we wrote down the topics was in case we we didn't have conversations so that we could not have dead space. But you know, yeah, save we, those save those topics for the next one. Yeah. But, What's but, our time span here? Uh, we're at about two hours. We're just under two hours right okay, now. Okay, so do you guys want to we'll, we'll kill it at 2.30? Yeah, that's, that's, that's I mean, fine. Because that's fine. Thanksgiving dinner has got to be almost done. 
Yeah, we do have to. We are just stalling for. We're doing this to stall for time so we can eat and continue to get drunk. I think the ham is. Uh, I'm not drinking, but I, I think the ham is done. Has been oh, since we started this. Dude, that ham! Oh my god, it smells really. I'm good. not trying to talk up my own products, yeah. but our, we cooked one of our own hams for Thanksgiving, so it's. And again, not to talk up. Uh, you know the the the, the ranch's you products. You disgusting capitalist pig. <laughs> Not to talk up Mule's products here as a plug, but he's giving me some free raw honey and also some free bacon, and they were very delicious. They weren't free. I'm a capitalist. I expect payback and sexual favors and drugs. Yeah, especially from you, Goat, because I remember one time when you first came back from the army and you went to pick up the Chinese food for dinner that your dad you had ordered wanted, and you literally charged him three dollars for you gas you literally wanted your dad to pay you for gas for chinese food that, that he, he bought, bought for you so you could eat dinner and you I, you told your dad that he owed you three dollars and I, I asked you if you were joking you said no you were dead you were serious not kidding i you are the old i have literally did i tell you about the coffee pot the coffee <laughs> pot in goat's apartment just so, just so everyone knows goat and mule are actually brothers so the the, the coffee pot in goat's apartment literally will make exactly one cup of coffee. One like, cup for me, and it makes two small cups of coffee if I have a guest. You are the cheapest prick I have ever met in my entire <laughs> Bro, who you could have spent five even have dollars and got a regular coffee maker. I don't even have an actual coffee maker. Me, myself, and Mule, we actually have a camp percolator that we put on the stove. <laughs> You know what I that probably that cost to? less than your fancy one that makes one cup of you know fucking coffee. You guys are really just hipsters and you refuse to admit it. No, Everything hipsters want to be, be me. I keep having to change what I'm doing because every day I wake... That's why I don't have a mustache anymore. I woke up one day and every hipster in North America that's had a mustache. That's what hipsters say, bro. That's, that's, that's exactly, exactly what a hipster says. Screw you. And, Screw and I'm you. Not, I'm not going to hide the fact that, yeah, I, I have very hipster tendencies. Yeah, but you, the whole reason... I had a coffee maker. Oh, yeah, and it, no, when it broke, I've gone and looked at other coffee makers and they cost so much money that I was like, <laughs> fuck that shit. And I just keep using the percolator because I don't mind. It doesn't Dude, take a whole lot longer. Your mom gave you an incredibly nice coffee maker and it's got spider webs on it literally it has spider webs on it because it's so frustrating to use it, it clogs it's like the a 400 coffee it's maker really cool. it's really cool when it works but it's so complicated like it grinds the beans you, for you it puts them in the coffee thing you don't have to have filters it, right? it doesn't it, have it a does it doesn't have a heat it has like a carafe on it that keeps coffee hot for like 10 hours and stuff it's it's this amazing coffee pot but the problem it's is, so complex and you have to like clean it so regularly it's that not it's worth not the worth effort. it it's way easier just to use this like 19th century camp stove you have to like take pot. this thing apart to clean it it's so that, that it's it's, I just I literally just take the thing out and and rinse it out in the sink, and it's clean again. And then I put new coffee beans in, it and it's good. But the actual the actual coffee maker takes forty five minutes to clean it, and you have to do it like five times a week. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's right. it's okay. insane. It, it it it's not worth it. It's supposed I, to be more convenient, but it's on every level not. I more will convenient. mention the one thing that makes you guys slightly different than hipsters that I've met is that you actually unadulterated like, rage. <laughs> <laughs> Pure unadulterated rage. You also actually live the lives that hipsters pretend to live. I remember we were me and uh, Mule here were at a bar, and Mule 
likes to ride his stupid ass Harley around all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were in this bar and these two other bikers were there and these two other bikers were super hipster and they had all this nice stuff on his on their bikes and Mule was just like, man, my bike's such a piece of shit compared to these guys' bikes and that's how you know mine is real. So to be fair <laughs> to Mule and Bear, even though they live like hipsters, they do actually live a real life. Like, they are actual ranchers and they, do, they, don't, they don't wear rundown clothes because they think it's fashionable. They wear rundown clothes because they are just that poor. Well, I hey, man, I wear rundown of, clothes because look, I, I buy. Look, I, I can't I, buy a new pair. Hold on, I cannot buy a new pair of ninety dollar Duluth fucking work pants every two weeks. So, but these pants, these are eight years old, and I wear these more than I wear any other pair of pants. And my last pair of these. They literally wore out so bad, I just cut the legs off and wore them as pockets. <laughs> I swear to God. There, he, he made short shorts out of uh, Duluth pants. But no, I, I, I wear clothes it's that are covered the... in diesel stains, oil stains, have holes all over them. Look, not because I want to be a hipster, but because I literally I don't I have, want to purchase clothes that I don't have, have a nice function. Clothes. I have suits. I have I have really nice stuff. But as a rancher... And as somebody who works every day, and as somebody who has lived in the absolute most abysmal conditions imaginable that most <laughs> Americans cannot literally comprehend, as long as I have easy. clothes on my back, I'm happy. And I don't care if I'm impressing you with what I'm wearing or not. I am what I am, and I'm honest with who I am, and I can admit when I'm wrong, and I've been wrong a lot in my life. But you know what? My clothes are what they are. Bro, you sound so much like a fucking hipster right now. I, that's fine. I'm going to go suck. I don't have a shotgun anymore. The sheriff's department took it. But if I did, I would go suck start it. <laughs> no, it's, but it, they took it because of comments like that. <laughs> no, that's it really bothered me when it started to become a hipster trend to wear Carhartt. Oh and I was like, these, oh, these I fucking touch Carhartt because of hipsters. <laughs> I know. I haven't bought. I haven't bought Carhartt in a, in, in a while just because. It's way more expensive because now it's higher in demand. So yeah. Do you know how cool Patagonia like is? Well, no, it, they ruined it. Uh, it now Carhartt has like entire lines where uh, it's like the flex fit or some shit like that, and it's Carhartt, but they have like spandex in the material, oh, so it's like super weak and doesn't hold, hold on, up hold like on. Carhartt used to. It's you remember it's how garbage. you always call Patagonia Patagucci? Yeah, I love. Patagucci, bro. <laughs> you know what I found out about Patagonia? Uh. Patagonia uses Chinese Uyghur Muslim slave labor yeah. to make their fucking clothes, dude. And they okay. they pass off as this ethical no, they don't. we care about the environment. Do you, oh, yeah, you know do. you know why I call Patagucci Patagucci? Because the fucking CEO of Patagonia calls Patagonia Patagucci. That's fine. <laughs> But their I market didn't... is that. Their market is people who care. And no, I just like it. They, they The product is great, and it's products, actually not that expensive. But I have... Look, dude, I've researched their marketing. Everything I've studied made. their marketing because it's really good. Who and makes those... Where are those Duluth pants made? Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. And you think that it's not made by child slave oh, labor? Oh, I'm sure... Literally that, every... I'm sure it's made by child slave labor, but that's not the conversation not. I want to have right now. Yeah, they do. They try and pretend that it's like... American, America, blah, blah, blah. It, but now, not. when we were kids, when we were kids and dad first started buying Duluth, it was made in America. Yeah, they're, they're like from Minnesota or something. 2015, because I have Duluth shirts that say made in the USA that I've had since I'm I was wearing a, a Duluth kid. shirt right now. Me too. No, I'm not. I'm wearing Army Issue uh, Waffle Top. I thought that looked like your weather uh... gear. But don't worry about me. I'm good. I'm warm as 
And Warmer's a son of a bitch. The only thing the army ever did right, cold weather gear. Cold Every weather soldier gear will tell you that. Good, yeah. Their cold weather gear. It's because we're preparing amazing. to go to Russia in if, winter. God, I hope <laughs> not. So I'm trying. I don't tell you from upstate New York, we train nothing but negative. 30 degree temperatures and how to barely survive in it enough to fight. I'll okay, hold on. I, fuck, huh? No, absolutely not. I was just above freezing to death because it was so cold, but I didn't freeze to death. Look, as much as I deplore the idea of Joe Biden being president, and I think Donald Trump's a terrible president. I think Donald Trump is a terrible president. I would like to get that out of the way. Joe yeah, that's Biden why I said a, earlier, I was like, we're not Trump supporters by any means Joe Biden, or any stretch of the Joe imagination. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris will probably actually run the administration because Joe Biden is clearly like mentally inf- unfit. <laughs> but <laughs> even, look, that's a I would be theory and you're a traitor to the American nation for saying that. That's fine. The uh, the beauty of the American nation is he can say that. And it's <laughs> only it's for his now. opinion. Can I finish the now. thing I was going to say? Look, I'm still in the inactive ready reserve. I just got done doing time at a reserve sapper company, which was cool. But as like somebody who actually had real experience, you need to, you need to explain what a sapper company is because probably a lot of the people that you you guys keep throwing all these military terms around and because of being around you and having other friends that are veterans, I understand the majority of it. Like a sapper company is like really, really pretentious pricks that, blow stuff up and think yeah. they're super cool. They're, they're That's what a sapper company is. They're You're, engineers that work with C4. They have like, yeah. they quote unquote have special training, although I don't think very many of them actually get to go to sapper school, but their their job is to blow up obstacles that are in the way of the main force. Now I'll be say, I'll say this. I, I wasn't even an engineer in the active duty army and I had leagues of experience above most of these reservists, but um, God, what was I saying? Somebody refresh me. You were talking about doing time with that sapper unit. That doesn't help. I don't know where you're going with it, man. Yeah. Every time you I open your mouth, you just kind of ramble. What did I say before that? About, about wet weather tops. Oh, God. Well, never mind. Forget Anyways. that I even said anything. But, um, um, It'll come yeah, we were, t- we were talking about uh, Joe Biden. Oh, well, okay, 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 okay. Kamala okay. Harris ruling. So because of Joe, I'm still technically, I had, in order to get out of the sapper company, I had to re-enlist to the IRR indefinitely and because so, the sapper company was literally run by like super high-speed badasses, which if anyone has ever been in the military, they know exactly what I meant when I just said that. <laughs> yeah. It's run by like the most incompetent, paperwork-sucking, oh, I have a scout's honor badge for participating in this. It's whatever. a bunch of guys that have all the most top-of-the-line gear and think yeah. that it makes them into the world's best warrior. I literally I that. literally went to war and I didn't have a holster for my handgun. <laughs> okay, I just shoved it in a magazine I'm pocket. I'm putting this in my pants pocket and hoping it doesn't fall out. Yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't ND my foot off. <laughs> so an, an ND is a negligent discharge which is where it goes off. It really try to describe what a negligent discharge actually means to the state of California. You'll blow their freaking minds. Yeah, let's, so, let's not go down that road. Yeah, okay. I've heard so that anyway, story. Back to the 10, Joe Biden thing. I would love to get drafted back into the army to serve under Joe Biden because as we're flying into Beijing in CH 47s and Joe Biden's giving that speech about how we're going to take down Corn Pop, <laughs> <laughs> at least as the Chinese are deploying tactical nuclear weapons on their own soil in defense of their nation, and I'm dying in the hellfire of radiation and thermal smoke. I will be able to appreciate one final laugh of just how ridiculous it was to be alive 
and to actually hear Joe Biden give a speech to me over the intercom of the helicopter about something because he didn't even know we were at war. He's just giving us a speech, and I'm like... No, he knows we're at war, but he thinks we're only at war with coronavirus. I thought Corn Pop. Corn Pop is coronavirus. Oh. And if that's anyone, where it all started. For anyone who doesn't know, please, for the love of God, look up the Joe Biden Corn Pop speech. It's, it's a great It's speech. the most inspirational thing I have ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> Joe Biden it, goes out to the parking lot with a chain... And he fights off corn pop. Well, no, he's, he's trying to cut him up. What with was a rusty he? He was straight razor. He was a lifeguard at a swimming pool, <laughs> and there was this. I think he was black, right? From the story, corn pop was supposed to well, be black. Everything. So Joe he Biden has a disagreement with black people. He has a disagreement with this guy, and the guy calls <laughs> <laughs> this guy calls him out. And so at the end of his shift, he's leaving, and and one of his coworkers gives him this chain to fight corn pop. And he goes out to fight corn pop. <laughs> And he says Corn Pop had a straight razor, you know, like for shaving your face that he'd left out in the rain for months so it could get rusty and kicked it around on the concrete so it'd be jagged and hurt worse and all this stuff. And so, like, he's telling all of this at the swimming pool that this was supposed to occur in this black neighborhood and it's a bunch of uh, black kids. And so he's, like, telling this story and you're just looking at the faces of the people that he's talking to. And they're like, what the fuck is this guy the moms are literally about? rubbing their kids on the shoulder like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and so long story short of course because joe biden is going to bridge the great racial divide he uh he settles up with corn pop without a fight and and tells him how much he respects him and that he needs to just do what he says so it's it's really funny that he, <laughs> all all of it boils down to is this black guy was going to cut him and the situation was resolved by him telling this black guy, I respect you, but you need to do what I tell you to do. <laughs> and it, it's just great because he kept calling him Corn Pop. This, this guy's name on, was Corn Pop, and he was supposed to be this on. badass because gangster back in the day named Corn let's Pop. Let's break this down in terms of like um, progressive socialist racial thought stuff. Uh, I'm listening. And God forgive me for what I just said because I'm going to get cancel cultured. But oh, um, I'm, I'm sure we've already said 10,000 <laughs> things in the two hours and 11 minutes that we've been talking that are going to get us canceled before we get off the ground. Do you think that in Joe Biden's mind, when he made this story up, that Corn Pop was more afraid of him because he had a chain because chains I'd, were used for slavery? He made this up in his mind, for one, but right. I think Let's that... Let's be honest. This hold is on. Not, did this he is make this happen. up in his mind, or did he actually hear this story at some point and then just steal it? Uh, he might that might be the the case too, but I I think that if if this situation actually did happen, I don't think it ended the way he said it ended. I think it was probably like four him and four of his buddies with a chain beating a black dude to death in the parking lot because no, he disobeyed no, fuck him. No, Joe Biden didn't do that. If any, if this story actually happened, what really happened was. Joe Biden just sat in the pool until after it was locked, <laughs> and then eventually Corn Pop got tired and went home, and then Joe Biden had to climb over the fence because it was locked, and then he, he crawled over to his car on his stomach and, and like, climbed in and started it, and then, like, with his head down, he slowly drove out of the parking lot. And <laughs> I mean, we're, we're really ragging on Joe Biden, but, you know... Dude, I, Donald Trump is not better. Donald Trump is not, not better. better. He's... They're both Joe awful. Biden sucks, too, but... <laughs> They're both terrible. Yeah. Although I would, honestly, like I said, I would way rather be blown up in a nuclear hellfire while hearing Joe Biden give an inspirational <laughs> speech about why we were invading Beijing over listening to Trump talk about China. 
I would way rather hear Joe Biden's delirious, like schizophrenic speech about it than I would listen to Trump it, talk about economic. If we if we continue time. doing this, we need to get like a soundboard, and we need, we need to have like samples where we, where we could have actual Trump sample of him yeah. saying China, China. terrific, China. terrific. It'll it'll be tremendous. This it is the greatest thing that has ever happened in the United States of America. You can thank me later. <laughs> no one has done more for the black community. Except for maybe Abraham Lincoln, then I have. I, I like maybe. no. That's that's my that's favorite the, thing that, is tr Trump. Trump likes to keep continue to bring up the black community and and Abraham Lincoln. So he's trying to compare himself to Abraham okay. Lincoln, right? Well, Joe Biden's <laughs> campaign kept trying to compare him to Kennedy, and I was like, bro, you're you're not you're not absolutely nothing <laughs> like Kennedy, like, bro. You're, you're absolutely nothing like Abraham to take, Lincoln. To take a step back, I think one of the most amazing things that has ever happened in all of human history. Like, more amazing than the fact that the Warsaw Pact actually happened. More amazing <laughs> than, um, God, what, the Nuremberg Trials. More amazing than humanity actually getting to a point where they didn't need slaves to not starve to death. The most amazing thing that I've ever seen in all of human history was Kanye West. <laughs> he got one going to vote, speak man. to Donald Trump and putting on a Make America Great Again hat. That was probably the most counterculture outlaw thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Because that, look, regardless of how anybody feels about Donald Trump or Kanye West or any of that, that was an amazing, that was an amazing thing in history. That was so crazy. That was Bro, so unpredictable. The only people that would have been willing to do that in that moment and everything that was going on in this country, that would have been like, that would have been like um, General Lee from the Southern Army, right? That would have been like the Southern Secessionist General Lee. You're treading on <sighs> on some very fragile ground. That right would now. have been like General Robert E. Freaking Lee. <laughs> marrying a slave okay and i'm not i don't understand like that probably doesn't make sense but that's how crazy that was right it's crazy it was, when cross, I saw it was that, crossing the divide when, well and that's why that was amazing though because i don't think anybody ever thought that was going to happen and i hate i hated kanye west because <laughs> i thought he was the most frustrating person ever but when that happened i said this is a guy that really understands and cares about america because he's tired of seeing people fight over petty stuff and he knows that this ridiculous hatred isn't – we're not getting anywhere by being hateful. And I think that what Kanye West was truly trying to do was take a stand and trying to heal wounds, right? Instead of instead of pouring salt in the wounds, Kanye West was well, trying to heal them so we Kanye could move and forward Trump as have been friends since long before he was president. What, Kanye and Trump? Well, yeah, I didn't remember, know You that. have to remember, too, like, uh, in, like, rap culture and rap community, Trump has been, like, an idol of yeah. business for a while. So a lot of no. rappers have, like, a weird respect for – again, people didn't hate Donald Trump Money, until bro. he ran under the Republican ticket. Like, well, they didn't even hate him. They didn't even hate him then. They didn't even hate him until it became. I got a pee. Right, but can you guys? Know. Can you guys elaborate on the thing where Fifty Cent said he was going? to... Oh God. Oh, okay, so Fifty Cent. So Fifty Cent. I'm sure everyone knows about it that would listen to this. But Fifty Cent comes out in support of Donald Trump because he says, "Fuck Biden. I'm not having my taxes go up to what 62 percent yeah, or some 62%. shit." And it's only in certain states. It's California, New York, New Jersey, and yeah. I think Florida that he's going to raise the taxes to 62 percent or some. 
ridiculous astronomical number of wealthy people. And so 50 Cent comes out and he's like, fuck Biden, I'm going for Trump. Yeah. And so Chelsea Handler, is that her name? Yeah, that was the best this, part This ever. white chick who's white, obnoxious. I, I can't stand her. Um, she comes out and they used to date, I guess. And she, she like literally on Twitter berates 50 Cent and says to him, like, uh, I had to have a conversation with him to remind him he was black and that he could not vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking... The, the woke That's culture so is so backwards that this blonde-haired white woman <laughs> is talking about her ex-boyfriend who's black and says that he's not – she had to remind him that he's black. A, and yeah. she had to tell him that he's not allowed to vote for somebody because he's black. And I was like, yeah. how is that not – how is that, how is that, that, that not worse? thing to – and how's that not worse? Society. How's that not worse than him voting for Trump? So like, because you can hate Trump all you want, but telling somebody that they're not allowed to vote well, for somebody. You have to remember, Joe Biden also said if you don't vote for Joe Biden, then you, you ain't are, black. Are, you are not black. <laughs> no, he no, said ain't. Specifically, you ain't. Black. Yeah, he specifically said you That's ain't. The black. best part is, is I love like Kamala Harris does this a lot, where she will try to mimic like inner city ghetto speak to oh, pretend that she's. So somehow more black Kamala Harris, like, like like when they were doing the Democratic convention, I watched the whole goddamn thing. Talking people, about hip hop, like my sister Kamala Harris. And I'm like, what are you doing? So Kamala Harris is half black, and I don't even think she's actually black. I think she's actually like Indian. Yeah, she's Indian, like and the country Indian. She, her mother is Indian, and they uh, just her, happened to be from Jamaica. She, they were British citizens who moved to Jamaica. Well, I thought they moved to Montreal, Canada. When she was a kid, and I'm she was raised so, in Canada. I'm not, totally, uh, I'm not, I'm not fully sure, but I, I know that she, she. Other than her time as a calf, as a. I know based on the uh, information that is available to us that she was not, she was not raised in inner cities. She was not raised no, in African American culture. She, she, she was not raised in any of this. She, in interviews after, uh, after the election night, and they're talking to her and stuff, and they're asking her. Who her, uh, who her favorite living hip hop artist is, and she says Tupac, <laughs> She's and just it's just. Person. And when she was running for president, she was running on the the stance of her uh, Indian heritage and stuff like that. And then now, because uh, the the whole black rights, every all all that stuff is so popular now, she's clinging on to that as right, a, a, a a running point and. You know, like whatever you're, you are whatever you are, and you can be proud of that. But I just think it's funny that she's depending on what she's doing. She uses the different things to her right. advantage. But I just it, I she's it's well, pandering. How many people it's it's has disgusting. Kamala Harris kept in prison that were innocent. Oh gosh, a lot. A, because a you know number. the worst thing. Of, I'm and I think we're running out of time. But I think the worst thing about our entire justice system is this motivation for prosecutors to win. It's, yeah. It shouldn't be about winning for them. It should be about finding out what the truth is, and then after well, a conviction, conviction records shouldn't matter. It yeah, should, it should, should be, be a, a thing that they have to. They look should. At to I don't know. That's how why we it's do called that, the justice need, system, right? It's, it's not called the government win system. It's called the justice right, system. Right, but see, that's what I'm saying is like, how can it be based on how can your conviction rate be a good thing? It should be about figuring out what actually happened, and then if they're found guilty of whatever determining a fair punishment for that you're if you're motivated by your conviction rate then you stop caring about the facts you stop care because those are people's lives 
Okay, I've, well, sat, that's where the, I've sat in courtrooms in a nice suit in the back next to the detectives and the cops and shit, and they thought I was a cop, right? Because I look like a freaking <laughs> cop. And, and, and I've watched these really sketchy people come in, strippers and meth heads and gangbangers and shit, right? And, and to hear what some of those law enforcement agents, these people that their job is to determine these things and help administer justice, the way they talked about those people, they should have been fired for that because oh, that, that person you're talking about might have done a bad thing and they might be a terrible person, but that is an American citizen. And then above that, that is a human being. So for you to talk about that woman that way or that person like that, that's not your job. And the fact that you're willing to talk about somebody like that In means public. you're not qualified for that job because – you're talking about somebody's life. Even if they murdered somebody, and my mom was murdered, right? Even if they murdered somebody, that is still a human being. And you're talking about taking their life away from them for a set amount of time and perhaps permanently, right? Oh, it is permanently because... Well, you never escape the justice system once you're... Yeah, I can attest to that. But, no, I, I get what you're saying. And, I mean, that's where can cancel culture comes from. But I think cancel culture is way out of control now, too. And it's... Well, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest thing I see with that is people, no matter who you are, just people in general, are very convinced that they're always right. Like, nobody... Ever, once, once you see something from your perspective, you think that that's the only perspective. It's very hard to find people who are willing to view things from different perspectives and look at look at things from all sides and be reasonable about it. I think that's one of the reasons people hate on centrists a lot politically. Like on centrists, what yeah, is that? Uh, centrist as someone who like is in the middle of the political spectrum. Okay, um, and people just like rag on them constantly. Well, I mean, I, I talk about that all the time because I I I feel that being a libertarian both sides hate us because we're not picking a side so right, that's it's, a big problem with being being libertarian minded is people are like, being like y'all are both idiots and it's like i'm sorry that i want gay people to grow pot and own automatic weapons like, <laughs> well and i want the amish to be able to road in carriages and right. i want i want people to be able to do whatever they think is best for their life as long as they're not hurting life. someone as, as hurting long as they're people. not hurting other people um, that's a very and if being mindset. best for their life is hanging themselves in a closet to jerk off, I'm not them. That's them. They should be able to that's do the that. The thing is, I don't have the authority. Okay, if you I think, think that's wrong, but I don't have the authority to look to tell them not to do that because if you it's their life, if you think the solution for your life is just to fucking smoke heroin till you die, it's then your move to Oregon. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oregon. Take the Oregon Trail and stay there. <laughs> no, and I. That's where uh, you were telling me that with uh, my ex, you were talking to her and she she's very, very, very liberal. But she was telling you that the more she's researched into it and stuff, because we talk to her about it all the time, she, she's becoming a closet libertarian because yeah. she's just absolutely fed up with the liberal culture. But she too. can't talk to her friends about it because she doesn't want to be cancel cultured by people she considers friends. That's one thing. For being I'll, a libertarian. I just, it's part, it's part, insane. it's part of the thing why I've considered leaving California because I, there's, it's a very finite amount of people, especially even, even this small rural town that we live in, it's a finite amount of people that I can actually talk talk to and relate to because I'm not on one side. I'm right. I think both sides are stupid, but I also think there's valid points in both sides. Yeah. But that's 
I, I, I'll give credit where credit's due. And as far as Gavin Newsom is the sketchiest governor of all time. Absolutely. Anyone, I, I cannot believe that at this point, people don't think he's just pure evil. Dude, I think a lot of people do, but I think that the but the, but people keep voting for him. So, people keep supporting. But I think that there's this, there's this idea they, you that because he's in charge, he must he can't think about how mind blowing it would be to consider that he could be that dirty and that sketchy and be in that position of power. So I think it's really hard for people to accept that that could be a. Thing. We've talked about it before. It's it's if they admit that he's bad, then it completely shatters everything that they believe in. Like yeah. you were just saying, how, how did he get to that point of power if he's that bad of a person? And then the, and then the other thing <laughs> is, like we just said it, like you can't defy that liberal culture without being ostracized. So yeah. he is a part of that. He's a main figurehead in that party, in that cultural identity. Aren't him and Nancy Pelosi like related? Nancy Pelosi's his aunt. His aunt, right. That's his aunt. Which is not weird at all. I don't see how that could possibly be a corruption issue. She's totally normal. It's fine. But the the point is that you can't (laughs) speak out against that. So these people are, whether or not they like him or not, are forced to side with him because if they don't, they get ostracized as crazy. And that's where I'll give credit due to the Republican Party and a lot of Republicans is the fact that they will let – People of different, they still at least believe in some concepts of the Constitution. Like they will let people of different ideologies speak what they want and not stop them, which is why people like people rag. I'm like, I can't believe you would let a Nazi speak. It's like, right, because this is America. Like, I don't well, agree with the Nazi, see, I hate him, but he can say whatever he wants because it's yeah, America. so that goes that's back the difference. To what I said earlier, if your ideas are good, you don't have to worry exactly. About somebody so, challenging so that's idea the difference. Your idea will always be better than theirs. The Democratic Party wants to silence anyone that doesn't follow their their narrative their their train of thought they're speaking right so if if you're not a democrat then you should be silenced and you're a bigot or a racist or a homophobe or whatever whatever other words that they use whereas the republican party is like sure i want everyone to hear your idea because i want them to see how retarded your idea is because it's going to bring more people to us because we sound more reasonable is also retarded yeah, right, exactly. They're also, they're but but I'm saying I'm saying they're just from their approach less, to it. They're slightly less insane. Yeah, I'm saying it's it's the uh, a difference in approach. The Republican approach is yeah, sure, say whatever the hell you want because, because my biggest okay, my <laughs> we biggest, sound more reasonable than you right now. My biggest problem yeah. with the Republican Party is their is their approach to adherence of the law, right? Because it's inherently right. American to be rebellious, right? And so to be that in tune with the law is to defy the very thing that is the core that they claim is the core of their identity. And and I think that's why the war on drugs persists because if you, if they admit that the war on drugs was a lie and a failure, it was they're morally corp because they're, they're they've very gotten mor- everything they wanted out of it. Though. Hold on. But as, as Republican people, right. As, as people who consider themselves very go- typically very godly and moral and caring, right. To, ad- to admit that, to admit that lifetimes of incarceration and all the death and all the horrible things that went with the war on drugs, to admit that that was unnecessary and wrong would break their entire concept of reality. It would, it would destroy it. And they would become more – because they consider themselves moral. It would make them morally culpable for all that damage because they supported that thing. 
right? Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of Republicans are so entrenched in that. It, it's it's because they can't if they admit that they were wrong, then they have to accept the moral responsibility of the of the of incredible wrong. amount of damage that was done because of the drug war. And I think that's what pushes people into that liberal mindset because the people because if you look at like the Democratic Party, right, they'll they'll always talk about how the war on drugs is evil and how and they're not wrong. They're absolutely right. Kamala Harris loves the war on drugs. Right. I'm not saying that she doesn't love the war on drugs, but I will say that like mo- like when you look at Democratic Party and, and what they support and what their people support, it's a lot. A lot of people are like the war on drugs is terrible, is evil. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they. And, and they'll look at, like, slavery and be like, I can't believe, like, we caused slavery and we did these things to Native American tribes and we did all this evil. And they take all this stuff and, like, how could we be morally good people if we did these things? And so in that mentality, in order to make up for that, they have this idea of, like, well, in order for me to once again regain my moral superiority and to be morally good. But isn't it morally insuperior? Let him finish. I, in order to be, in order to regain this this moral high ground, as I will call it, um, to be Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> uh, in order to gain that high ground of moral superiority, they have to they have to admit all these things and then cling on to the idea that only I, who has recognized my moral inferiority, is morally capable of guiding us to the future. Which is where they get that idea of I have to be in charge of the economy. We have to create programs that only benefit people who I feel like have been morally wronged. This is where this mentality comes from because in order for them to regain that moral superiority, to regain, to feel like they're good people again, right? Once they've realized that they've done all their ancestors or their, their parents or whatever have done all these wrong things and they've benefited from all these wrong things, they have to, they have to feel like one, they have to regain control of like, okay, I understand I did wrong. And because I understand I did wrong, that makes me good now. And in order to prove that I'm good, I have to I have to force everyone else to be just as good as I am, and then I will become I will have fixed everything, and we can all well, respect how good I am. Again. All of all of that goes back to the thing that we were saying a minute ago that those people have such a fragile mind that right both sides are to right not right yeah. think that way and to look at other people not thinking that way yeah. absolutely disrupts their entire existence. Yeah. So like me over here where I'm like, I've never, I've never done any of those things. I, I never wronged people in the ways that they're talking about. Like my ancestors hundreds of years ago they may they have, did, they yeah. did what they did, but okay, I but have nothing to do with on. that. But as somebody who's seen you at your worst, <laughs> which time oh well not all not even close to all of them you're a piece you're worthless white trash but as somebody who's seen you be wrong a lot you know think about when you were drunk and mad and you were just looking for a fight right and and you couldn't not and this goes back to the animal brain thing we were talking about at the very beginning hey Lori, you sweet beautiful canadian wolf um think about for people who don't and understand that, Lori is a dog, not a person. Yeah, Lori is uh, Lori is Neil's a, is dog. A dog. Yeah. That's a wolf hybrid breed. The uh, think about you know how how motivated you were in your mind, and and when you got mad, you couldn't just back down. You couldn't no. You you couldn't back down. It was that animal well, brain and, telling you that you were right, and you were going to force everybody to think you were right. And I think. 
it was it was a lot to, to do us all the time. It happens to me in traffic daily. Yeah, it was a lot to do with you know I, how unhappy I was with myself and the the mistakes I'd made, and rather than work on that within myself and find my inner peace and develop as a person, I had to point blame to other people. Like, oh, this guy said something that bothered me, so I'm gonna fist fight this dude in the dude, middle of his I, bar. You see me do it. I've done it a lot. I'll, I'll get I'll get to that point where I just see somebody and I'm like fuck that person yeah and it's it's ignorant and and we're a lot of for me for me personally we're a lot of when i was going through those those phases and where a lot of that came from was i was just so unhappy with myself and what what i was and what i wasn't and it's it's the same thing if you translate that over to politics is people are so unhappy with themselves because they're told to be that they have to then point blame to other people and attack other people because they're not feeling the way that they're feeling or doing the things that they're doing. It's, yeah. and I think that that kind of brings us to time. I don't know if you want to take us out there. I don't know. Does anyone have anything else they want to talk about? Dude, I'm, I'm, I, I'm kind Are of you too drunk? Fuck, yeah. Fuck off, bro. I'm kind of maxed out though. I think we've covered a lot of things that will definitely get us canceled. Yeah, um, I, I think this is, will be the one and only episode. If more, than, if more than 100 people listen to this, we will for sure never have another episode. And we'll probably be murdered. They'll probably yeah. Gavin send Newsom will people be here to kill tomorrow, us. And so will Trump and Kanye West and Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> With chains and straight razors. With chains and yeah. straight And also Corn Pop will be here. I heard you talking shit on Corn Pop. <laughs> so, so anyways, uh, this is going to wrap up our first episode. It was... It was a lot of fun there, boys. Um, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, I think, is an interesting concept. I'm excited to see where we take it, even if we're the we only need, guys that listen to it. We or do, gals. We, we do need is here, ear hustling, but we do need to have a, a third person be our regular so they can fact check us and call us out on our bullshit. Because if we're going to call ourselves the truth, the whole truth, or whatever it is that we decide to call ourselves, uh, we should actually speak the whole truth. <laughs> but, anyways. That wraps us up for... Do you have anything this. else to say, Ghost, before we go? I mean, not screw you, Ghost. I mean, Goat. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think I'm think i good. I think uh, I'm ready to try to do some Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go eating. I'm hungry. I like ham. That is one thing. We turkey. are probably also breaking the California rules for Thanksgiving. No, we have less than 10 people. But we have more than three households. I think. No, we have three households. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. But we do have, like, citizens. 12 dogs. I don't think dogs count. All right. Well, I think that does it for us, right? Yep. That wraps it up. See you guys next time. Toodaloo.